Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Welcome back to another episode of The RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by uh, the ever-awesome Kevin. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. we got some coffee. I'm ready to go. Talk about this pretty good game. Yeah. Finally picked a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I it's, it's kind of not fair because I knew this one would be at least decent. Yeah. Uh, just from the... Uh, I guess, I don't know, the gossip, like people talking about it, uh, especially Travis. So Yeah, I always take it for grain of salt because sometimes people overhype games, so I was like... Oh, I, sure. I was kind of going to this, like, it could be good, but it could be, like, not as good as everyone else says it is, so I was... Well, yeah, that's how, that's how I felt about, like, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, where <laughs> everybody's like, this is a masterpiece, and I played it, and I was like, this is, to me, this is garbage. I, I don't understand I don't understand this, but you know, every not everybody likes everything the same way. Right. Yep. Uh, fortunately, this one is uh, a. <clears throat> I, I would say it's more of a, a, a overall encompassing experience for people. Like, uh, it's not as divisive, maybe yeah. as something like, because Xenoblade has a very different. Uh, way of playing and this one's super traditional so uh it, i guess the argument could be made that uh you should take other people's opinions based on the style of the game <clears throat> and how you like that as opposed to just taking their opinions at face value right uh but the game we're talking about today is Chained Echoes. You can tell from the show title. This is a Kickstarter game that I think was started in, I want to say, 2017 or 2018. I'd have to double check. Not that it matters too much, but I think it's the... been in development for a while. And it's made by one guy uh, named Matthias Linda. Uh, and then I guess he uh, had another guy, uh, Eddie Mariano Crow fucking eastern european names goddamn. <laughs> uh he did the music and uh, no he created some other people in uh like who assisted him in that like some guy played uh, cello or something oh yeah some... like, remember the credits like there's like one person that did it each instrument or something yeah there was some weird stuff going on yeah because uh... i mean that's it, it's it's understandable if he's more like uh 
composer, not a player. So uh, I did it'd like be like one, I did like when Victor like he'd use his moves that he play the horns or the drums or whatever. So that was yeah, that was like actually someone doing that. So that's pretty cool. It definitely is different. Yeah, uh, at least in that respect, because I him as a character, I was like, oh great, a fucking bard. I'm not gonna use this dude. And then he's like one of the best characters. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. All right. Well, he's definitely a buffer. I mean, that's all he really does. But yeah, I mean, it's actually a good bard if you want to think of it like that. Well, in this in this game, uh, buffs are super important. So he, yeah. that makes him a super important character. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to the gameplay and stuff. But uh, if you're new here to the show, uh, we usually talk about it, five or six categories. Uh, we got gameplay, story, visuals, music, uh, slash voice acting, overall experience, and replayability and extra content. And for this episode, uh, we're going to try something new, and we're going to add uh, two replayability slash extra content trophies and achievements. Uh, because there's usually a lot of hate <laughs> towards uh, those particular parts uh, of modern games. Because sometimes there'll be really stupid shit like uh, play the game for 200 hours and it's like a 50 hour game or uh, grind for like hit level 999 or something and like you only need to be level 100 to beat the game and it's like adding hundreds of potentially dozens of or hundreds of extra hours of quote unquote gameplay to a game for these things. So. Some of like, uh, like Star Ocean, the last one we played, there's a lot of dumb trophies. Like, it's like a cumulative. Like, get all, yeah. get all these cards, but it's like locked behind all these super bosses and shit. And it's like, really? <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, I proposed this to Kevin because we both collect trophies. And uh, I would imagine most of the audience does not. So when we talk about things and we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to get like a two because the game itself was okay, but then the trophies for this or whatever brought it down. Uh, we're going to, at least I, I will try my best to remove that part uh, out of it and so we can shove it on the end. Yeah. We're, we're putting it last because, as we said, most of you probably don't give a fuck. Uh, so we put it at the end where most of you probably turn off the show anyway. So that way you don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> But it should kind of clean up the actual discussion of the game a little bit better, I think. So we can actually talk about the game more and less so much about our irritation with this extraneous trophy achievement bullshit. Yeah, I've been trying to do that anyways. Uh, trying not to talk about trophies till the end because I know people are like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so. that's, that's fair. I don't care about people that much. <laughs> so Yeah. I need... I need to have it written down that this is the category that we talked about that in so I can save it for that. Otherwise, I'll shit all over the place. Like, as evidenced by the next sentence I'm about to speak, which is we have a rating scale for these categories of 1 to 5. Actually, it's 0.5. We should fix that. 0.5 to 5. Um, and we allow half scores, obviously, because early on in the show's uh, tenure, I guess, I don't know, like uh, production, uh, I said something had a half score and Brent had to suck it up. So... Uh, and then recently Kevin's like, why can't something be 0.5 instead of 1? And I said, you know what? You're right. So here we are. 
Yeah, and I guess we have a eleven point rating scale or something. Yeah, it doesn't make much. It doesn't make much sense until you want to grade something like we can't give it a zero, but it's not. It's worse than a one. Like that only happened a couple times. It happened like one or two times where we're like, ugh, this is so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and uh, you know, it's a uh, the show's ever evolving thing, so you know things may change more in the future, may not. Whatever. Always got to try some new stuff out. Yeah. But chain echoes so oh actually let's do some catch up how you been doing you've been doing all right just been playing uh chain echoes you've been playing anything else besides that i just tried to i just did the uh dlc for the next marvel midnight suns thing which of course, oh the venom stuff yeah which of course also was broken did you also have to start a new game to get that to work no uh there's a new workaround which is kind of uh, stupid, but um, basically, t- turn it to offline mode. All the trophies will pop after if you reload it. So if you already beat it, like same thing, it works with Deadpool as well. There's just one trophy that's totally broken though, where no one can get it yet. So no one's figured out where. Awesome. But all the Deadpool ones and all the Venom ones, except for one, if you do the game on offline mode, it'll pop it. So there's got to be something that's causing. I know we said we're not going to talk about trophies, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's what's causing it. Something with offline or I don't know, but, uh, I just, been, I just did that and, uh, the Venom DLC was, it's okay. I mean, it's just another, like three more stages, not extra, well, it's three more story beats or whatever, um, where Venom gets redeemed kind of, and then you got Eddie Brock, uh, roaming around the, the place now. So interesting. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, him as a character is kind of like beefed up Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, I've liked him more than Spider-Man because I'm a, I was an edge lord as a kid or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so. <yeah>. Sure. <laughs> like him, him and Carnage. Their their game was the shit. Yeah. Maximum Carnage on SNES with the rock and roll uh, soundtrack. Oh yeah, that was decent. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I started Suikoden Five, which is our next game. Uh, we'll get into that towards the end, I guess. But uh. Uh, yeah, it's slow for sure to start off with. Like, like I'm like six hours in, and I'm still like not past the uh, part where in the Colosseum. <laughs> so. Oh shit! So you haven't have you done the um have you gone to the Sun Temple or whatever the fuck it is yet? I can't remember. No, like I mean I can, damn I went to it, but like that was just because I was wandering around, not part of. The... Oh, okay, not part of the story yet. Yeah, so I would imagine you got like another what like four hours to get the Rapsport or whatever. Yeah, it's like and then another like eight hours after that to get to the stupid fucking uh, what are those beavers? I don't I don't remember because this game came out in two thousand six and that's when the last time I played it. So, that's fair. So I, I remember vague things. I remember it took a long time to get to your your uh, town, and then that's when the game took off. But yeah, the beginning is definitely a drag. Like I could see why it ended at this at like on five because. As good as five is, it takes a long time to get there, and people probably didn't give it that much of a, a chance because how bad no. how bad four was. So hopefully it picks up because I, I'm like, is this actually bad? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I think I've tried to replay it multiple times, and every time I get it's like sixteen to eighteen hours, and I'm at the Beaver Dam town or whatever, and I'm like, dude, I can't fucking do this anymore. 
like even though I know just a few more hours in and like it'll actually like open up more, I'm just like, dude, I'm burnt out. <laughs> right. Fuck. Why is this so slow? Yeah, and it's like it's like the opposite of uh four. It's like four starts out good and quick, you know, and then like falls off a cliff. Whereas this this one is like the opposite. So if they could go buy yeah. four and five together, it would be a decent like a really, really good game. But uh I think five ends up being a good game. It's just like it's such a slow burn. Slow Yeah. From what I remember, when the one time I actually beat it, it's that when you actually get to like the actual meat of the game, I guess I would say it's uh, the second best one behind three and two, and I think a lot of people agree. Right. But uh, like getting there is such a struggle that I think it's actually in my tier list probably third place behind like Sweden and one. So it'd be for me like Sweden two, one, five, three, and four, and then tactics at the end because i hate i hated that one <laughs> i like tactics i still have to give, give it a chance yeah. really i like tactics better than four because it's like i don't know there's more meat to it but gotta get to that point yeah oh well, well that's you? cool that you've been uh doing some trophy catch-up one of the uh morbius and uh storm shit's coming out like next couple months because yeah, i think one month... came out in january right so this is pretty like month about to month yeah i think it's one a... yeah one a month and i think there's like uh a final one where they're gonna all tie together it's all these vampires with the y shit so... okay oh you probably you didn't play deadpool either did you no yeah. No, I'm waiting until all the stuff comes out. I my stupid ass, I didn't buy the extended edition when it was on sale because I was like, well, I don't want these costumes, whatever. And then I totally just forgot that it comes with a season pass too. Uh-oh. And so they've keep they keep putting the extended edition on sale, but they don't put the season pass on sale. So I'm like, you guys are a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> just put the season pass on sale. So I'm waiting for all the stuff to come out and maybe they'll put it on sale, maybe they won't, I don't know yet. Yeah. But eventually it'll be on sale because this game's been on sale like eight times since it came out two months ago so yeah. it's got it the season pass has to go on sale eventually so i'll just i'll wait for that yep what what, what have you been playing um so i've been doing shutdown games pretty much uh the most recent ones were knockout city and uh auto chess i don't know if you've heard of either of those nope but uh, Knockout City was a PS Plus game like a year ago or something like that. Um, and then like, or maybe it was two years ago. It was sometime. And it's like this Battle Royale brawler dodgeball game thing. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's okay. It's not really my kind of game. But uh, it's definitely one of those things that either Twitch streamers or uh, like people with friends would probably enjoy playing. <laughs> Um, and then Auto Chess is old. It's a couple years old, at least maybe like five or six. I don't know. But I remember there was this big boom of like auto battler things, and uh, so there's like there's Auto Chess. There's like this League of Legends one. There's like a Dota one, I think. A Dota two one. I don't know if that's the same as Auto Chess. I can't really, I can't tell you. But essentially, um, it's a randomized strategy game kind of where uh you are presented at the beginning of the game with five uh characters or chess pieces as the game calls them 
to choose from, and they all have different like synergies. Like one could be an assassin that's a goblin, one could be an assassin that's like a a horn race or something, and another one could be like a a glacial wizard or some bullshit. But essentially, you the the goal is to collect enough of the a similar uh, race or class uh, pieces, and they all have to be different to add to the synergy pool. And each uh, for each type of race or class, there's a certain amount of corresponding characters you need to collect to trigger the synergy, which gives you boosts. So uh, the ones I use most often are assassins. And so if you have three assassins, uh, essentially all your assassins get uh, like a 20% chance or something to do bonus damage. And then the first hit has a 50% chance of doing like 500 damage or some crazy number. Uh, but then if you get six of them, then all of your characters, no matter if they're assassins or not, get a boost, and that boost is pretty much doubled, so you have like a a 30% chance or something to do 500% damage per hit or something like that, and then if you get nine, it's like 100% chance and whatever. So essentially your goal is you're competing against eight other people to collect pieces that are uh, randomly given to you at the beginning of a round. Each round's like a minute <clears throat> long. And you put your pieces on the board, and they kind of move around by themselves, and they fight by themselves, so it's all automated. And uh, you just hope you have a better composition than the other people. And uh, it's actually kind of pretty addicting. I played for like 10, 10 hours straight last night. Oh, wow. And uh, the other, unfortunately, with auto chess at least, the only other people are Chinese, I guess. So uh, it's like me with my English character name, and then, like, everybody else has, like, uh, Chinese symbols, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this shit means, but luckily for me, they all suck, and they don't know how to play the game, so I've won every single game I've played, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. Like, there was one time I came, because, uh, uh, so you have 100 health, and every time you, uh, you lose against an opponent, you, depending on how badly you were beaten, you lose from, like, 2 health to, like, 20 health or something like that, um... And if you get to zero, you're knocked out. And all the items you picked up from monsters, because there's like every 10 waves or something, you fight monsters and you get like random gear and shit. Uh, and you can use that to put on your dudes. Uh, so if you get knocked out, you drop all your items and then like randomly get distributed to everybody else playing and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, I was at like four HP for like 10 rounds in a row. And uh, this other guy had like 96 or something when we started. And I just. Finally, my composition clicked together right, and I just like sweeped him for ten rounds straight. And I'm, I'm hoping that he was pissed <laughs> because I felt really fucking good after that. I was like, "Yeah, fuck you, bitch!" Kicked my ass this whole time. Uh, it's my turn. So that was cool. That was fun. Uh, will I play it after I get all the trophies? Probably not because it's not something that like I could see myself like playing for a very long time I, it's, it feels more like a streamer like a twitch streamer game right. thing where you have an audience and like you pick your your dudes let them fight and then you like you chat with your your chatting people whatever they're called your viewers and then you go back to playing the game kind of thing and uh we also have too many fucking other games to play or at least i do personally like sweet five so uh but otherwise that's been pretty fun so it's uh, it's also if you if anybody's listening and they want to play and they haven't played it already, you can get it on <clears throat> uh, mobile or you can get it on PC. It's been delisted from PlayStation, 
So you might be able to get it on Xbox stuff too. I don't really know, but failing that, there's like the League of Legends one, like I said, or something else. They all pretty much play the same, as far as I'm concerned. Cool. And uh, that's about it. Uh, well, I guess you ready to talk about Chain Echoes? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okie dokie. Uh, so, as we mentioned before, uh, this is a Kickstarter game. Uh, it's created by Matthias Linda, and it was published in 2022. I think it was December, or maybe September, or October? October? November, December, one of those days. I don't fuck. One of those months. End of the year. Yeah. Uh, it was published by Deck 13, and they do a lot of indie stuff, so that's not a surprise. Uh, it was put out for Linux, Mac OS, Windows, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash S. Um, and the core, I guess, identity of the game is that it's an homage to classic Japanese role-playing games from the 1990s. And it features turn-based combat, a 16-bit style of visuals, and a multi-character narrative. Um, so if you if you want like a reference for that think of like final fantasy 6 where you have like uh Locke's story for a little bit you have edgar's you have uh tara's you have uh the hell's that night girl the ruin night girl god damn it don't know what i'm talking about right uh, final fantasy 6 yeah the girl who's who's the ruin knight pretty much she's celeste? a soldier for the celeste celeste or celeste i don't know how you say it uh i thought i thought that was I was gonna say Celeste, but I was like, "Isn't that the fucking indie game, the platformer?" But yeah, whatever her name is. Um, so for this game, uh, the, that's how kind of the beginning, of, like the first act works. I feel you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The game, it's like uh, little bits and pieces of all those, but never. It's like, oh, this is like the Final Fantasy VI part, and this is like the Xeno Gears, you know. But it's not like it does that once or twice, but it doesn't like it's not consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it has it tries to have its own identity while also we kind of said this pre-show not like not really masking that it's heavily borrowing inspiration from other sources. Right, like there's uh, there's like for sure like the Final Fantasy VI parts like the party gets broken up when they fall down in like a hole or something, kind of like how uh, when they're on the raft in uh, in, uh, in Final Fantasy VI when when uh, the big old octopus you know, Ultros kind of breaks up the party and they all go down their separate ways. It's exactly like that. But then, you know, Final Fantasy VI it happens a couple more times where you get split up and you gotta do your own thing. Where this, it's like, that doesn't happen again. Uh, it kind of does. When you go to the temple in Amalia and Bothros get split up, but it's not in like the same degree. Yeah, but it's like one, it's like their own little, like, that dungeon is like, oh, instead of having a dungeon, we're just gonna have like, each one has the same dungeon, but they're by themselves. Yeah, and you fight a, uh, you do a Legend of Zelda shadow fight at the end for each of them. Uh, yeah. If... <laughs> well, like, to me, the biggest call, like the most blatant thing, was the very beginning of the game where they, it's literally Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah, he, yeah, your mom wakes you up. It was just a dream. Yeah, and I was like, Are, is this literally Chrono Trigger? Are we doing that right now? And then it like. So he tries to do this a lot. Well, he'll he'll do like an homage and then try to twist it. Uh, sometimes it works okay, and sometimes it's like, eh. Right. 
And that's but, like, um, that's what this game is kind of a nutshell. I mean, there are some great things and there's some things that don't hit. And I think part of the problem is, you know, he wrote it by himself. I'm sure there's other people that helped him, but, you know, it's generally his whole thing by himself. So uh, a lot of times, like, you get, you build it up in your head more than it actually comes across. And because no one else can tell, tell you, like, hey, I don't get that, like, you just keep going. And, like, I feel like some of that is what happens in this game. I see what you mean. Where he, like, there's... There's lots, of, like, there's lots of references to like lore and stuff like that where he would have that knowledge in his head because he made it. But we're playing it and we're like, I don't really understand what's going on. Like in the or... beginning, there's like a lot of time jumps and you're like, wait, we just jumped a year and now we're to jump another six months. You know, after the first chapter, and you're like, is this yeah. a bunch of times? Like, why are we time skipping? Like, can we just make this part of the, like, I would, that's something I would like say don't do so much of because it's like the whole well, game. They're, they're all... The whole game, I'm like, are we going to ever get back to those characters from the beginning? Like, I want to know how that whole band they got together, how that happened, but they never talk about it ever again. So I'm like, that's kind of... Yeah, they, well, they, they tell you that everybody got killed. Yeah, but I want to know... I get that, but, like, maybe some people didn't get killed. Like, they do that all the time. Or... <clears throat> well, there's, there's only one person that doesn't get killed. But then, like, yeah. why is that equipment still... I can see that, like, that character's face when I, like, look at my, you know, equipment, you know? Uh, well, yeah, I thought like those characters would come back, and then yes. they talk about this is like so. This is a storyline spoiler already, but uh, then they they talk about the Grand Grimar and how only like three meters away from it, uh, anybody can survive. Everybody else pretty much gets obliterated. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, okay, so this is just a coding issue where he didn't unequip items from previous characters who left the party. Right, they just remain equipped. So in the, the in the game logic like in the database and all that, those characters still exist because they were coded to exist, so they have the equipment still equipped and whatever. In the plot, they are dead. Got it. Right, but then they're like, what? how come I can still upgrade Killian's sword, but he's not with the part... You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, I guess that's yeah. that's more of a technical issue. But Sure, and that's something that would have been caught by like quality control. T- yeah. Uh, like, yeah. But, you know... They want you to care so much about Killian and all that stuff. And I think that's where he sold himself short by the way the game ended. You know, it's like, man, you should maybe care about him more. Like, he's gone well, for like the whole second half of the game for the most part. Yeah, so I knew some. I before we even got to the end of Act 1, I knew something would happen to him because of the skill menu. He fucked that up yes. so hard. Yes. Where you go into the skill menu. So we're. we're, we're <laughs> We'll get the- I know we're being, we're being fucked up right now, but I just gotta. We're jumping around. I just gotta this. Say this we're we're feeling passionate about this right now because, like, man, it's so good. It's so close to being like a like a perfect game, but there's just like little like little things like this that like drag it down just a little bit, you know. Yeah. So what I'm talking about is if you go to the so, uh, Kevin will explain this a little bit later in the gameplay section, but the skills pretty much is, uh, every time you kill a boss or you do something. Uh, specific for your reward board, you get a Grimoire Shard, and you can use that to unlock a new skill or a stat in your skill board thing, your skill page. Um, however, you're restricted a little bit because you have 16 uh, skills in each category, uh, if I'm correct. There's like a active skill, a passive skill, and then stats, but you have to use a certain number of, a certain number of Grimoire Shards in like the first tier to unlock the next tier. 
but when you go to Killian's, it's like you have tier one, tier two, and then the rest are all question marks or something. And I'm like, okay, every other character has <laughs> tier three and tier four skills, but Killian doesn't. And it looks like you have just enough Grimoire shards here to get to a certain part of the game where he, I guess he dies or something like that. Like, right. so when something happened to him, I was not like, oh man, I didn't see this coming. I was like, oh, here we go. Right, yeah. I, I, I knew this was happening. So that killed a lot of the suspense for me around that character. Like, the the actual thing that happened, we'll talk about in the story, that, uh, that happened wasn't that, like... If, if I didn't know something was going to happen, it wasn't. It wouldn't be that big of a surprise anyway. Right. Because he's kind of a... Yeah, it's not like it was a change in character or anything like that. You kind of felt like... He was your friend, but like he was the, he's the kind of dude that's he's a like a convenience, a convenience uh, friend, like because you, you know, well, yeah, like a frat boyfriend or whatever, right? Yeah. He's like, Oh, yeah, I come from money, my parents have all this shit or whatever. Like, if you want some beer, just let me know, it'll get you some beer. And like, Glenn's had like PTSD and shit, and Killian's like, So, like, this is a whole another story, a thing that bothered me with the story. Like, so like you said, there's the time skip from when the prologue happens and that like, game starts. Yeah, and like you get like one brief clip of Glenn in a bed, and Killian be like, "You need to stop being in bed, dude. We got to get up and do shit." And like, my, I, I've been I've been doing stuff to get this money to keep us like going because our man's dead. Like, I like I understand what he was going for, but like, there's no impact from right. any like it. That's supposed to be, I guess, like an impactful scene where like, yeah, oh right. man, Glenn's depressed, right? And Killian, like you see, Killian's kind of a dick, but. Like it doesn't really come through well because it didn't have enough time to build up. You don't because you don't know these characters. Yeah, Killian's a dick, but he also cares about Glenn in his own way. But you don't. But not really. You don't get that from the short scene right there. Like the the emotional impact is not felt that you need to feel for later on in the game where it matters a little bit. More, like things are a little bit higher stakes. Exactly because it's like they're supposed to be buddy buddy. But it feels like to me, Killian thinks of Glenn as a tool, like yes. a means to an end. And Glenn doesn't but then, it. what's that? And Glenn doesn't realize it because he's got that PTSD, and he just everything he ever known gets done, taken away from him, basically. Yeah. Well, there's also, but then like the game tries to make it like, oh, they're actually good friends. But I'm like, I didn't see them actually being good friends at all. Right. This, this whole time, so because you skipped over all that part. Yeah, like there's like the betrayal, and then. Everybody in the party is like, oh my god, how did you do that? And I'm like, how could you not see him do that? Right. Like, when has he not been a dickhead? Like, what, whatever. But yeah, so, uh, uh, I guess we'll just stop being, uh, spoilerific or whatever and out of, out of order and we'll get into the gameplay or whatever and then we'll kind of address all this shit when it comes up. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll start with, uh, the battle system. Which I think is very well done and kept me entertained. Um, there's two different types of battles. Uh, the regular, uh, well, there's a uh, basically you're on foot and mechs. Yeah, you're on foot and mechs. Uh, the on foot um, is pretty cool. Uh, I liked it the best. Um, the mechs weren't bad, but it's like the mechs got like half the the I don't know. Uh, I guess 
interesting stuff that the the actual re- regular battles have, which makes sense because you're doing you're in the regular battles way more often. But I think it takes away where they could do the same thing just with mechs. They, anyway, well, I'll, I'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, well, like I agree a little bit because sometimes I'd be like in a grand battle, then I go into a mech battle, and my brain was still thinking I'm in a grand battle, like for some reason. So like I would try to switch out, even though I knew like yeah, I can't, and I would change gears accidentally and shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> you're like oh shit i forgot to change my gear to one or two whatever so anyway yeah it's like oh it's like oh shit i was in gear two and i was about to take myself out of overheat and now I'm, yeah. i can't do that but then you're like wait it doesn't really matter anyways because <laughs> yeah uh so regular battles uh they're they start like with your typical yeah attack uh skills items and def- defend and you can attack just like a normal attack, which you never really do. Um, you have skills, which uh, the, you can have one, two, three, four, eight skills uh, attached or equipped at once uh, from your whole list of skills. Um, and I think there's like 20 or so skills you can get. Uh, I, I'll check that here in a sec. Um but there is a meter at the top of the screen where, what's it called? The over, over something gauge? Remember what that's called? Look that up. It's the overdrive? Overdrive. Overdrive. So you start off in yellow, and as you do skills or attacks, or you get attacked, it goes further into overdrive, which is green. Or. Yeah, I think it's just regular overdrive. And I think when it gets to red, it's overheat, maybe? I'm not sure on the exact... Um... That's the verbiage. Huh? Yeah, that's the verbiage. That's the verbiage. Okay, so uh, it goes in overheat. Um, and when you're in overheat, you get lower defense, your attacks don't hit as hard, uh, etc. I think the same is in yellow, or maybe it's just standard. And then green, you get higher defense, higher attack. Sure. Uh, yeah, I looked up a chart for this uh, the other day because I was after I'd beaten the game, I was curious about like battle mechanics and stuff. Yeah. And uh, when you're in normal, uh, all your stats are one, like a ratio of like normal is just one. Um, but then when you're in overdrive, like your uh, attack is like one point one, and your defense is uh, like one point two. But then when you're in overheat. It's uh, your attack is like uh, 0.9 and your defense is 0.8, so you take like 20% more damage, yeah. And, it, and you do 20% more damage in the overdrive. And at first, it's not, it's not that big a deal, but it does become a bigger deal as you get through the game. Um, so yeah, well, go ahead. Well, also, your TP is cut in half, oh, okay, your TP use or whatever. Yeah, it goes up or down, or costs more. So, um, so yeah, you have HP and TP. HP is your hit points. TP is your technical points. I'm not sure what it stands for, but that's what you use your skills for. So there's not, like, magic. Uh, everything is a skill. Um, some people use magic as a skill, but there's also, like, uh, stat increases, decreases, buffs, debuffs, um, you know, attacks, and... Uh, you can give enemies status ailments like bleed or poison, uh, paralyze, and sleep, I think. If I'm not mistaken. There's also toxin. Which is like stronger poison? 
right? I think so. There's also Doom, but you don't get to actually inflict on any enemies. That's like an enemy only status effect. Right. So that's to your, my knowledge. That's the like the kind of standard now where it kind of gets a little different. Uh, well, you can always escape, which is nice. Uh, I think besides boss battles, but if like you run to an enemy and you're not ready or prepared yet, you can hit L1 and you'll automatically escape. Um, I did like appreciate that. And all uh, there's no random battles. Everything's on screen, so you can see all your enemies. Another great thing after playing Sequel Den. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a neat thing about running away too, I just want to mention is um, you, you might mention this later, but sometimes when you get into an encounter, the enemies will sparkle. Yes, and that means they'll drop. They're, they're guaranteed to drop items, and I don't know if it's like every item on their list or if it's like multiple copies or what what the deal is. But it felt like it was every item on their list, and sometimes some of those were doubled. But it's, since it's random, if you go into an encounter and you're like you're looking for a drop and the enemy is not sparkling, you can run away and then re-encounter them like immediately, and it'll it'll re I guess redo the chance for them to sparkle. So that's cool. Yeah, and. If you need rear drops for stuff, I definitely save scummed. Um, so that's one thing you can do. If there, because there's some spe- like there's regular drops and some enemies have like, or some things you can steal and some things are like random like special drops, uh, so, which you can only get by killing them. Uh, but the the uh, the difference, it's kind of like Final Fantasy X where you can swap out characters, but it's not like you can switch switch it to any character. Each character can have like basically like a backup character, and you can switch in between them once per turn. So once it gets to them, you can switch, and there's no limit on it, and it makes the gauge go down a little bit. Um, also, once you get closer to overdrive or past overdrive to overheat, there'll be like some skills you can use that will lower the drive down uh, randomly. That happens. Um, also, uh, in the game, you get ultra moves, which is basically like a limit break. Everyone has their own like ultra move. Uh, they they are typically like ba- based on what the character inherently is. Like your your healer will have a healing ultra. Um, you know, Glenn has one where he uh, hits all the enemies and gives them like. Uh, attack and defense debuffs so it's very useful uh you know glenn's it's nice that glenn is the best character in the game um or one of the best characters so i hate when they like nerf like the main character but um i think they did yeah he did a pretty good job of giving you variants in characters but also i mean i don't know like everyone all the characters can be what you want them to be or play it to your style, I guess. Sort of. Like, there's definitely some limitations. Like, you, some characters will never be able to use magic. Yeah. Like, uh, Rob, for instance, has like 20 magic or something. And, uh, you haven't, I guess you haven't said this yet, but you can get class skills. And so you could put like, mag- you can give him magic if you won't do anything. So, yeah, it's like worthless. a waste. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's part of, uh, gameplay, but, I guess we can get into that uh, for equipment. Um, you got weapon, armor, accessory, and a class emblem, which I guess a class emblem it's kind of like Final Fantasy VI Materia type thing. 
where if you equip it and use it, you can, well, when you have it equipped, you can use it. But once you max it out with your skill points, um, you can keep it forever. Uh, and by, by it, you mean the skills that are attached to it. But yeah, but you only set the skills in your class action skills. So there's character action skills, which are skills that your character naturally learns uh, from their skill chart. And then the class action skills are the ones uh, you can only use those two spots for um, the uh, class emblems. You also use them if you don't want to use class emblems for more of your actual skills as well. So which that's kind of different. And there's also passive skills. Same thing, uh, character passive skills and class passive skills. Each one of those emblems has their own passive skills. And that's one way to break the game is give everyone the uh, agility up uh, passive skill. So everyone kind of attacks a couple more times, more than once. Um, that's how Sienna becomes game breaking where she attacks three or four times, but she becomes less useful because her attacks are kind of weaker as well. So I hard disagree, but well, you know, to maybe well maybe the way I used it was wrong. Then <laughs> I I used her the whole game. I did. I didn't change my change my team much, but yeah, I used the main like my main four: Glenlin, Sienna, and Victor, and then I had Malia as a backup uh, to Glenn. Uh, Rob is a backup to Lynn. Micah is a backup to Sienna because they're both kind of quick, and Micah has that skill where every, she gives like agility up to everyone. Yeah. Um, and then Eagle is my backup to Victor because he can draw aggro, um, and he has more of a attack defensive. Uh, as you get another guy later in the game, way late in the game, um, that does like more of a magic uh, tank, which is not very necessary. So, I guess I can go into uh, attributes, uh, right? Uh, like the stats or whatever? Yeah. Well, I went through equipment. I mean, there's a lot in this game. There's a lot of menus and stuff um, that affect the battles. Uh, so, yeah, you got your equipment that you can upgrade twice. Um between the armor and the weapons and then there's accessories which you can't equip and i felt like they were kind of almost useless until you find at the end of the game there's like someone that gives you some actual good ones like that bracelet of power and the bracelet of magic but all the other ones were kind of like eh. um, well a problem that i found with a lot of the like equipment or like buffing is that it's based off the bat your base stats not your total stat value so it'll be that you'll find like something that like oh attack up plus 20 percent, but it only gives you like four attack and i'm like but my attack says i have like 80 what the fuck is this <laughs> and it's like oh that's because your base stat is only 40 or whatever the fuck and i'm like okay yeah this was i mean it's like it's it feels wor- it, it feels worthless because you're looking at the stats and it's such a small increase but the way that the game is designed is that most of the stats like you start the game off with like maybe I don't know twenty attack, and then you end the game with like one fifty. Whereas like a, a, any other RPG or something like that, you'd start off with like ten attack, and then you'd end the game with like nine thousand. Right. So the scaling is not crazy here. It's like marginal increases every step of the way. Right. 
So it like it feels bad looking at a piece of equipment and being like three fucking attack. What the fuck? But it does def- it does make a difference? Yeah. So <clears throat> the attributes you do have are HP, TP, which we kind of already talked about. TP is your skill points. Uh, your attack, magic, uh, which attack is physical, magic's magic, defense, which is a physical defense, and mind, which is your magic defense, and then your agility. Um, which I've learned that you max out at 50, because I maxed out Sienna. Um, well, it's a soft cap, so you get diminishing returns after 50, but... Well, yeah. You can increase it in battle with the buffs, though. You right. get way above that. Yes, yes. Uh, and then there's critical percentage. Uh, and then you're, you have resistances, so fire, water, uh, earth, wind, dark, and light. Which also, in battle, each... Most enemies have a weakness. There's some later in the game that don't have a weakness at all, but by that point you can just destroy them uh, with your debuffs and stuff like that. <clears throat> they also have strengths, too. Yes, strengths. Yep. Weakness and strengths. Um, yeah, I think every bo- um, monster boss has a weakness or a strength. Um, well, maybe there's one or two that don't. So that is the basics of battles and equipment um like we said there's skills and um there's a skill skill menu so you can set your skills and you have one two three four five six uh regular skills you you can set and then two class action skills like i said uh and then there's passive skills and class passive skills where like a passive skill would be like magic up and it's magic up by 10, 20 or 30% as you level it up. Um, as you battle, you get skill points that you can use, uh, to upgrade your current skills. And I, it's like you, the skills you learn, get in battle also apply. I don't know. It's like there's a pool you get. I don't know if it's like whatever skills you get, uh, apply to what you have equipped and you get a pool to use from that. I'm not sure how that works. Do you, did you ever look at uh, Yeah, so you can have any skill that you have equipped that is not maxed out will get a sh- like that same portion of SP from the fight. And then also each character has like a bank of SP that you can use freely on any skill that you want. So uh, if you have like your whole character decked out in um unmaxed out skills so that'd be what eight and five 13 skills and you get five sp from a battle each one of those skills gets five sp but then also the character gets five like free sp to use on any skill they want to but that caps out that 999 yes which is bullshit because <laughs> you don't realize i didn't realize that to like i don't know i don't know how long i had someone that 999 and i was like damn it i didn't use it on because they're like on your bench you know so you don't really think about them yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's two levels usually for each skill, and you know they either go up by attack, like your attack goes up when you use it, or your TP usage, like skill points you use, go down, for the most part. Um, there are Some, though that have really weird like descriptions like it'll be like oh steal hp from an enemy or whatever but it doesn't give you a percentage of yeah. like how much it might be and it's it's the same description for every level so you're like does it actually get better 
if I level it up. I don't fucking know what's going on. Right. So some of the things are, yeah, they are not described very well, and I definitely didn't use those. Um, there are 48 skills you can learn. Uh, action skills, passive skills, and stat boosters. So your action skills are like your battle use skills. Passive skills are the ones that behind the scenes, like HP up or attack up, counter defense up. You know, so there's some really good ones. Uh, each one, each person or each character gets like some unique ones, like auto shield or something like that. Um, and then there's the stat boosters where it's like attack plus two, mine plus two, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so there's basically 48 bosses to fight because uh, each boss you fight. You get a, you say they're called Grimoire Shards, right? Well, there's less because if you go to the, the reward board, there's like six, I think, Grimoire Shards in there or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're right. 42 then? Um, Somewhere around there. I, I'm not looking at it, so I can't say for sure, but it's around there. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about there's some on the reward board. Um, so there are no, like leveling there's no leveling up in the game per se besides leveling up your skill points um so if you are having trouble with some you know monsters or something you have to come back later you can't like there's no like real grinding to do um besides like doing the optional side quests that are available at the time and they're all now available all at once so there are some like gates which i do appreciate when they gate off things where you're not going to go too far in one direction. Like one thing I can think of is like Final Fantasy, uh, was it 15 where you can just basically like do all the side quests and then start the game. <laughs> so I like that they kind of, he does limit you on like going too far, but you still can get uh, a little bit more buffer than you than uh, just playing the game straight. Um, let's see. So like we were saying, there's I guess I'll go into mech battles, uh, since that's the ne uh, basically the next thing. Um, there are only four characters that get mechs, which I think it's kind of a uh, missed opportunity, or maybe it was just he. That's what he needed to do because he ran out of time and it was already like seven years in. <laughs> so he just did what uh, he had available. I think so, because I remember the Kickstarter promising that you can, like, customize parts on the mechs and shit or whatever like that, so I was like, oh, cool, that'd be cool, and it showed, like, different characters having different mechs, so I was assuming each character would get one. Right. So, uh, unlike... Like Xenogears or something, but... Right. That'd be... I'm sure that's probably what he wanted to do, and, you know, he had to probably be realistic, like, I could do this, keep going on this game for years and years, or just kind of, you know give it the best of what it is right now. So I, I will say I, I am super disappointed that we don't get four Seraph Sky Armors. Yes. I wanted four unique ones, but, you know, two, uh, two is whatever. Two is better than zero. And, yeah, the, they don't really give you, like, much information on it. Because I definitely missed the, the one for, like, you get one and then, like, Oh, you can upgrade it so you can keep it, you know, make it still useful or something like that. And I was like, oh shit, I missed it. Like, I eventually got to it because I did all the side quests or whatever, but um, it could have been better. Well, you can't, you can't make it powered up to the end of the game anyway. Oh, okay. Because you have to get the key to the elevator to oh, go down to the right. east side of the uh, 
fucking underground area, the O'Brain, whatever it is. And then talk to um, the special merchant there, the, the rat merchant that's oh, behind the door. That's that's right. Okay. That's okay. That makes me feel a bit better. But anyways, uh, there's mech battles. Um, and it's what? Victor, Sien, uh, Glenn, and what's the lizard guy's name? Huh? Bathraz. Yeah, Bathraz. Um, which he kind of feels like Shadow when you first meet him. Like they kind of, he's kind of got that vibe, but then he turns, it, it, it goes away real quick for me. <laughs> I was like, I see what he's trying to do there. He's like the mercenary, but then he's, uh, anyways, we'll get that in the story. Uh, but uh, mech battles, you have same kind of thing. It's there's attack, skills, items, and defend. And most of the time, you're going to be using your skills. And each mech. Uh, so the mechs aren't unique besides what stats they have. But the weapons that you are holding determine um, what skills you can use. Uh, and in battle, there is kind of the same kind of uh bar but the there's no um green it's just no overdrive no over yeah it's only overheat yeah there's only regular and overheat and the overheat is on the the end both ends so you're in the middle when you start and as you battle uh if you're in gear one it goes to the right if you're in gear two uh, it goes to the left, and if you're in gear zero, it stays where it's at. And when you're in gear zero, if you defend, I think if you defend or attack regularly, you gain more TP. So that yes, was, that's but you can't use any skills. Yeah, you can't use any skills, and uh, I think your defense is higher in gear zero. I think so, and it's lower in gear two, or something, right. something like that, and. I think your attack's a little lower in gear two, maybe. Well, I think I think you get buffed in gear two, but you take more damage. Okay. But then, like the opposite's true in gear one. In gear zero, you take less damage, but or you, and you also do less damage, something like that. And they make it seem in the beginning like you need to be in gear zero for like ultimate attacks, but usually in battle they don't. Most most of the bosses don't, and the ultimate attacks don't take you out. Like take out your your crew so you can survive it. Um, and there's typically like a, a healing, uh, like, uh, one of the gears is going to heal, one's going to attack, one's going to buff, and one's your magic. So they all have kind of like their own defined roles. And, uh, when you have the weapon equipped, you can use those skills. The passive skills you get to keep forever as long as you mastered them. It's kind of like the same, it's kind of like, uh. The regular skills, but you don't. I don't think you can. Well, the the mechs don't have passive skills. They just get uh, stat boosts. Okay, stat boosts. That's what I meant. So yeah, the sky armor has uh, proficiencies, and your as you level them up, there's eight levels. So your your sword and shield proficiency, your hammer and shield, great sword. So you got like a like a a close attack and a ranged attack um, that you can use and uh, depending on what you have equipped you can use those skills um, but in the stat boosts uh, once you get to them you keep them forever so the 
you know, you, as you're playing the game, you want to keep switching them out so you can get more of those stat boosts to help you get an advantage in battles. Anything else you want? Technically, you only have to do that if you want them to, faster because you get like 20% of the SP redistributed to the other skills that you're not, you don't have equipped. So, like, uh, if you have. Like Glenn with the great sword and the bowgun, for example, and he gets 10 SP from the battle. Those two will get 10 SP, and then every other uh, weapon or or equipment piece will get two SP. Oh, but so that would just you could eventually. Yeah, you know, it'll take forever, but you could eventually level them up that way if you wanted to. Okay. So on your sky armors, that's a, that's what they call them. They're not mechs; they're sky armors. <clears throat> um, Same thing. Huh? It's the same thing to me. Well, yeah. Uh, so you can equip a frame, um, which was like your look, and it has like your base attributes. You get your close range weapon, long range weapon, and then there's th something called a skill ram that you can equip, which gives you different buffs like attack, agility, whatever, depending on the ram you do. And most of them I found were pretty garbage besides like the, the ones you need for their specific roles. So that's I th I felt like the accessories in this game were kind of lacking. Um, and you can change the color of all your mechs or sky armors. It's whatever you want or whatever's available. There's a good amount of them. Um, it's like ten or twelve or something pilots. Yeah, I just used Phantom Black for everything because I'm a loser. Uh, I did Phantom Black for Glenn, and then I'd had different colors. Like I gave Victor orange because he's weird, and then. I had uh, Thraz as Goddamn because that's a cool name. <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyways, um, that is battling, and that is uh, how you buff up your party and your skills and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the other aspect um, that's you, I guess, is more that's what's unique, but I'll gonna skip to it because it kind of all ties together as the reward board. Um, I think you don't... Do you get this at the start of the game? Uh, you get it when you leave Farnsport for the first time because you meet that uh, NPC who's like, oh, I'm a traveling cartographer. Oh, yeah. Then he comes... You find him again later. Okay. Yeah, so each, uh, I guess, area in the game uh, has... Well, there's a... a a reward board and it covers the whole game and each area in the game has a section of the reward board where if you do certain things you get rewards so like you kill six of these wool turtles you get a hundred uh whatever their gold is five sp and then five times or five sterile mucuses which you use in crafting um yeah crafting right yeah. Okay. So if that's what the if that's what the icon looks like, the little circle the, or the yellow circle, or whatever. Yeah. So you know, there's different types of rewards. One's beating like these unique uh, enemies, and there's a bunch of unique enemies you can fight. Uh, some are uh, getting all the collectibles. So each area has their own collectibles, which are basically junk, but you sell them. Um, uh, for just you know cash, but they open up uh, these other things. Uh, what are they called? Deals. Deals. So deals are like you know 
better weapons, better armor, the upgrades to the weapons to the armor, some other cool, like, uh, some better items you can get. Uh, but you have to collect so many of these other collectibles before you can get to them. Uh, they call them loot. So, uh, yeah, the materials you use to upgrade your weapons. And then there's like different usable items like snack, which is HP, or restores some HP, sweets, restores some TP, antidote cures poison. You know, there's a bunch of different ones. I'm not going to go through them all. I didn't really use items too much, did you? Uh, only during emergencies. Yeah. Like, uh, I mainly used them a, a lot in that assassin battle, but that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the hardest battle of the game for sure. Uh, I did use some, like, you know, to whatever like, the equivalent to a Phoenix Down is. I use that a lot. Yeah. Because I hate... Like, from... Go ahead. I would just say, for me, it depended on, like, the situation. Like, I used maybe two or three of those utility uh, overdrive bar items or whatever. Uh, like, when it was a character's turn and I needed to bring the overdrive bar back down a little bit. And I didn't have anything else that like I could do. I used oh, one of those, yeah. or like you said, to revive somebody. Um, but that's about it. I never used like a TP restore item or anything like that. Right. I did every once in a while, but uh, the the good thing about like the thing I like about this game too uh, about battling is like after the battle's over, you get all your hit point, TP, everything that's re refreshed. So you don't have to like use it outside of it. There's all the stuff, all the usables are like inside battle. You don't need to use them outside of battle. Yeah, there's like a tooltip at the beginning of the game that's like, hey, this game uh, restores your health and TP after every fight. So make sure you're using skills all the time. Yes. If the other time you would ever attack is to regen TP because you get 10 TP per hit uh, or something like that. But you can get some passive skills to make that number higher later. Yeah, it goes up by like five or something, which, you know, you can buff that with Victor as well. He has a move that does that. <clears throat> um, you have a journal where you can go see what your quest, current quest is. Uh, the beast, beastery where uh, there is one character that's a little unique with, with his skills. He has amnesia. And the only way he can remember his skills is if he basically, it's called canned, where he basically stuffs the, the monster into a can and eats it, which is kind of cool, unique, interesting. Um, it's a cool way to do a blue mage. Yeah, it's a cool way to do that. And then, but it's, yeah. Uh, and then there's also, uh, some uh, monsters you can steal from and only really person that can steal is Sienna until you get like a different you get the uh, bandit class emblem which even then I think they can like if, when you learn the skill it's only like 30 or 40 percent so it's like not worth even having um, so really you need Sienna the whole time if you want to steal um, well, there's also an accessory you can get that makes steals 100 percent but but in my opinion, you never need to steal anything, except maybe from some bosses. Like you might get like an upgraded piece of armor that you then go and buy the next thirty minutes from that fight. So, 
every once in a while there's a boss that like you steal like one of those nuggets from and it's like t 10 grand or something like that which is nice but yeah i guess you don't i, I mean i guess i never really bought i only bought deals so i didn't really buy anything from the shops so i'm pretty stingy like that but you need it for upgrades you need money for upgrades i never did that <laughs> oh, i always upgraded everything <laughs> I had fun with I, that. I, I was like, I'm saving all my resources and money for the ultimate weapons. And then but when I got there, I was like, oh, these use ultimate weapon materials, of course. Whatever. Right. So, yeah, you can have fun with that, upgrading your weapons and your armor. There is um, also when you upgrade, you can add, like, there's crystals all around. Uh, now all the world maps. And when you go to a crystal, you get three different... Uh, basically, I guess three pieces of the crystal, and they're different types of things like TP up, hip up, whatever. Uh, and you can attach that to your weapon. Um, and this is the one thing I didn't like so much was like when you take it off a weapon, uh, you can't. It like the purity. There's like purity levels and stuff. And uh, you can like you can only combine crystals that have purity, and once it gets to zero, you can't do it anymore. So like you can have this attack up on your sword, and then when you get a new sword, you can't just transfer it over. So I didn't wasn't a fan of that. Well, kinda. So you can your base crystal has to have purity. The support crystal can either be a real crystal or an artificial crystal and it can have zero purity or whatever uh, but the base crystal can't be an artificial crystal and you get an artificial crystal from fusing two crystals together so uh, it's like a whole big convoluted system that I didn't really personally spend time with to try to figure out but I saw like there's a steam guide where somebody broke down the mechanics and you can get some really OP shit, but to me, the fact that the crystals are random uh, when you get them out of the little crystal thing means you have to grind or farm these things, and I'm not going to waste my time with that. Well, there is a, an NPC you get in your town that you can uh, make all crystals turn into one type of thing. It's still random, but it's like less random that way. Well... Like I did that for like utility because I was like, well, let me get some HP drain crystals, and I, like, I maxed out my inventory, which you can do. I learned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can't crystals. sell them off, right? Like you gotta keep combining. Yeah. Well, you can go to your inventory and just destroy the ones you don't want. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I had like fucking twenty gain TP up or something, and then like switch HP heal switch tp heal and like i had like three fucking hp drains i'm like i only want hp drains i don't want anything else yeah that's pretty good skill. it's uh i mean it's an interesting system and there's definitely something like there's merit to working with it but personally i hate random systems because i prefer consistency yeah, you want and to be able so to max for me, it out without like wasting your time. And it's like I'm... yeah, like it's it's one of those padding mechanics that it's like oh cool you get something for doing this thing, but ultimately it's 
worthless, in my opinion, because you're never guaranteed to have anything useful. It's like playing the lottery or something like that, where, like, oh, yeah, you put 10 bucks in, but you just you lost 10 bucks, And it's like, I, was, I just ran around an hour hitting up all these crystal spawns, and I didn't get shit. So I'm not wasting my time on this anymore. Yeah. Nope, I, I get you. That's kind of how I felt. So, I think that is, I mean, that's definitely battle system, character growth, uh, mini games. There is a good amount of mini games in like the very beginning, like turtle races and some other random stuff, which is like more like to mimic Chrono Trigger's like, like opening carnival type thing. And after that, there really isn't any mini games that I can think of. Unless I'm forgetting something. Well, it's it's more like Wild Arms to me. Okay. Because it has a similar kind of bullshit thing where there's prizes you don't actually get. Yeah. But like the prizes in Wild Arms aren't good anyway. They're just like healing berries or, and stuff like that. Maybe you can get like a stat up uh, berry or whatever. But in this one, like it's literally a slap in the face. <laughs> it's I mean it's a it's a plot device to introduce a new character or whatever. But like they make you like obviously you're not going to get the goddamn Excalibur or whatever the fuck weapons are there but like something yeah like some kind of reward for doing that would have been cool right but you know it's what it is yeah because you can uh there's a way to break it and find the there's like secrets to beating the the uh mini games which is cool like and this is kind of like the the issue i have with this game it's like they have little cool things but they only do it once it's like come on you can i mean were you not confident in it? If you weren't, then why'd you put it in the game? If you are, you know, give me some more of that. But I think well, it's also a lot of like you can do something, but then it doesn't pay out. Yeah. So it's like it's not worth doing. There seems to be a lot of the stuff that happens in this game where you can do a lot of stuff, but it's not worth your time. Oh, and like, okay, here's another example. Like when you max out the reward board, uh, the the chain rewards, you know. Like, everything you get, it's like Sacred Water, Grimoire Shard, you know, all good things. And then you're like, okay, Rusty Knuckles, that's like an ultimate weapon. Soul Farnese, okay, I need that to upgrade my, my ultimate weapon. And then you're like, Monument, what's that? You're like, oh, that's got to be something cool. It's literally just a fucking monument for your town that does nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the stupid cartographer dude being like, oh, yeah, I'm the best. We got we mapped out this whole continent. And then your characters make a comment, some, something like... uh. No, you didn't do that. We did it. And it's supposed to be... It's just a joke, I guess. But it's like... It, it's annoying. Wait, it feels like it's disrespecting your time. Oh, like, yeah. I don't... Like, I, I understand I don't deserve a reward for doing this or whatever. But... Because it's like his game and shit. Right. But it's... It's like the It's like spitting place of the conventions of the genre where you invest time into doing a task and usually you get something of equal value or something out of it right so usually it's because like there's a lot of games that don't put like ultimate weapons and shit like that behind long arduous stupid bullshit they're just like oh yeah here's 20 elixirs you're never gonna use and shit it's like oh cool thanks right but i've ne never before i don't think that i can remember have i done something like a bunch of random bullshit tasks for a sprite on the screen that literally does nothing so <laughs> i know I'm like, it's like all right 
I'm like, okay, I got Monument. What's that? I mean, I had to like Google it. I'm like, what? What did I get? <laughs> Even when you beat the ultimate super boss, you get another monument. It's like, okay. Yeah, you're like. Oh, I mean, I understand I have all access to ultimate weapons already, but like, where's my ultimate accessory or some bullshit? Like, give me a good accessory that does something. I already beat the game. You just give me something that's super overpowered. All right. Like, if this is the hardest challenge of the game, let me have something that reflects that. Hey, I did this. Yeah. So, well, I guess mini game. Uh, I you could say building your town. So they kind of do this. Uh, it's like a kind of sequel esque Like you have a clan that you get, and you could. I mean, basically, for the most part of the game, it's just like a cave, which where it's like your home base. And then once you get all the side characters you recruit, uh, they build like houses and stuff and everything um but you, basically you get like all the shops and everything that you would want in your town so you don't have to like go to other places to get get to them which is convenient or if you want to upgrade your weapon you can get you know right where to go to upgrade your weapon um but it, it just feels like not as fulfilling as like a sukoden you know i don't know uh, I agree. I think it has something to do with most of the like recruitable characters not really adding anything to the town. That's what it the, is. The base, like, and like Suikoden or similar games that have been like that who have had like recruitable characters. You can recruit some of the NPCs and then like you can use them in battle, or they'll like provide a mini game, or they'll uh like give you some optional like lore or something uh but then in this one it's like oh i'm a construction worker i need a job and then you just hire him and they're like yeah i'm glad i'm making shit here like even like the like, one like okay like the one guy you have to fight as a uh, mini boss or like a side boss uh earlier in the game that you recruit recruit later like oh yeah that'd be cool you get him on your team nope he's just a farmer now <laughs> I was like, uh... Yeah, he's supposed to be a great mage, and I've been like, oh, cool, little optional character or something, but nah. I was like, oh, wait, you don't you don't have a portrait. Never mind. You know? And, like, you have the, like, the Sky airship, the airship pilot. He's, like, he talks about needing somebody else to help him build, uh, like, a port for the, the airship or something. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, eventually I'll be able to have my airship here or something, and, like, because you can buy other airship models. So, like, okay, cool. So, you can, like, build a port, and then you can see your airship or whatever and, like, go on it. But, no, that never happens. And, and... I, I don't want to think... I don't, I don't want to think that we're, we're shitting on it. Uh, it's a great game, and, like, these are all cool things that we wish... And it could, if it was just not one person, probably could have been, you know, done, but... Oh, definitely. It's just, it's one of those things where, like, you get tantalized by the premise of it. Yeah. But then it never actually comes to fruition. And you're like, oh, man, look at all these avenues that could, or that remain to be explored that were never touched on. Yeah. So it's a little bit, it's a little, like, disheartening or whatever. Like, opening, like, a present or something you're uh, excited for, and it's like, oh, it's just name brand chocolate so, instead of. So the analogy I use with, uh, uh, when I was talking to Travis about this, I'm like, <laughs> it's like uh, on Easter, uh, there's like a chocolate bunny, right? And you're like, oh, I can't wait to eat this chocolate bunny. But then it's like the hollow version. 
I mean, it's still a chocolate bunny, but it's the hollow r- bunny, not the solid Got it. chocolate. That's what that, this game kind of feels like. That's a good analogy, yeah. You're like, oh, it's, it's chocolate bunny, it's good, but it's like, there's something missing out of it. It's like hollow on the inside. It's on some of the things. Yeah. So. But I love this game, don't get me wrong. It's just... You... you just a little couple more things here or there, I think it could have been amazing. Instead of, it's great, not amazing. Yeah. So. Um, for gameplay wise, uh, what else? We got shops or traversal. Sorry, traversal first. Um, so most of the game you're on the ground running around. Um, then you, when you get your sky armor, uh, you can fly around the areas. Uh, but most of the time that's gate gated by like you know there's uh missile silos you gotta take down or whatever so you can fly your uh your sky armors around which then opens up more of the, the map for other treasure chests and stuff like that which i i definitely like appreciate that that that, that was cool um i feel like maybe the sky armor stuff took a little too long to get to i think you don't get it to like what chapter two uh so third of the- uh yeah because it's the end of ch- act one or whatever yeah yeah, so I think so, because it's Killian doesn't have one, so it's after he left. Yeah, or yeah, um, well, because you, Killian does have one in the prologue, right? He's in there with you, or no? uh, yeah, him and Glenn are both like supposed to be like quote unquote the best uh, Skyrimer pilots in the Band of Iron or whatever. Yeah, and like, if they do like a DLC or something, I think they need to do like the the you know prequel or whatever the, the 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 lost year or whatever or the lost couple years like these time skipped that'd be good for that i think but um anyways uh so you get that or the overworld map uh you can uh fly around in your ship and there's little spots you can land um that's basically it for traversal like you said, you can get different ships. I didn't spend any money on that, did you? No, that's completely, <laughs> completely retarded. It's a skin for a ship you don't see. So why would you spend money on that? I don't understand what the point of that was for having that in there. Like I, I'm assuming it was like scrapped development something, and he's just like, well, I already made these, so might as well stick them in the game still yeah. or something. But I don't know. I, maybe it would just change the overall sprite or something, but I mean, that's, I guess that's all I can see it would do, and it provides no benefit to anything in the game. Yeah, I, mean, I have to think it was like it was like credit room, credit room four stuff because I remember on the Kickstarter saying like you can buy airships and upgrade them, and like get new guns on them and stuff. So I'm assuming there was supposed to be like air combat at one point at one point between like airships, like a war thing or something. Okay. But uh I think that was scrapped. And uh I just want to mention in the traversal section of like the areas that uh in addition to uh like navigating with the the sky armors, um like there's stuff areas on the map that are like slightly discolored that you could climb up or down on or hop down yeah. uh and a lot of times those confused me because i it took me a while to like figure out like oh that's like a walk a climbing area or uh, i can jump from here because sometimes like the uh 
I guess I don't know the sprite for it like just blends in pretty well to the to the background. So there's some areas I was a little bit lost in, and it made navigation a little bit uh, like weird. But maybe that was just me. But the biggest thing I missed a lot of were the hidden caves where you have to tackle mm-hmm. the and break the walls down, because I'm just so used to not looking at the background really that I would run by them a lot of the times. And it wasn't until you get the NPC that's like, hey. I can show you where buried treasure is, and also if you've missed any of the hidden uh, uh, caves, or if you've missed any treasures, uh, it'll show up on the map or on the screen. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went back to a bunch of places, and I was like, shit, I'm missing a bunch of stuff. Well, you, well, if you look on your little map, you can see which or the um, reward board. You're like at one out of three or two out of three. Like that was one way you could tell before you got that guy. But uh, other than sure, that... but some areas were like blocked off because of like end game side quests and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, am I? I guess I'll... maybe it's maybe it's there. I'll wait to the end of the game. And then like I got there at the end of the game, and I was like, oh shit, uh, it's not here. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then I also realized that. Uh, it was only per like map section that it showed things on, so I was like, "Oh, I missed something somewhere, something, some somewhere stupid," and I just got to go and find it now. Right. Um. But oh, shops. Um. So most of the shops are you know you can buy weapons, armor, or some some have not many have accessories there's usables like your snacks and stuff like that and then some towns have like so, someone that sells like the uh there's not many towns that where you can buy like the upgrades for your mechs and stuff or your sky armors but for the most part um whenever towards once you're past maybe the midpoint of the game, it's like there's usually like this traveling merchant that follows you around, and uh, you can buy whatever is the most recent upgrade uh, from that guy if you need to. But a lot of times you do find stuff, um, most of the weapons and everything, in treasure chests around the uh, the maps of the game. Um, I think that's there's not much to shops. I mean, you can buy like the deals from all the shops once you sell certain uh, like collectibles. Um, I don't know anything you want to put. You could have done a better job explaining that because I thought it was each shop has its own deals on like for sale, and then you have to like figure out what to sell to them to unlock the deals. I didn't realize that every shop shared the same deals, so I it was like I didn't sell anything for a couple of the merchants. I was like I still haven't gotten any clue about what the fuck the deals thing is, so I guess I'll just sell my shit here and hope for the best. And it like populated like ten deals. I was like, oh shit! I guess I should have been selling them from the beginning. So oh well, I, I can confirm I just did it. When you buy a new ship, it does change the sprite on the overworld map. Okay. So I did. And that's it. I did buy the hundred grand ship just now. <laughs> nice. I just sold it. Fancy. Uh... Yeah, I'm fancy now. 
Um, okay, unique. Uh, there's, there's a lot of unique things. We kind of touched on some of them. Um, so for, let's say, the class emblems, uh, so each, uh, basically zone or area has a class emblem you can get and you just got they're usually hidden in the in the uh, map somewhere or you gotta fly to or take one of those like hidden uh, uh, trails or walls that it's kind of hard to see the climb up on or but usually there's one per area and once you once you get to it you you have to offer up a sacred water and I think you can find half of them in the game as you go through and the other half you have to get from the reward board. Um, I think there's 12 total. Um, so that's definitely a unique thing. Uh, like it's kind of like your materia, not materia, it's kind of like uh, Final Espers. Espers from Final Fantasy VI where uh, they do give you stat ups and buffs or whatever when you equip them and you get special skills from them as well. So that's definitely a unique thing. Um, each like there's collectibles you collect on the screen that you can sell. We talked about that. Um, each area has like a hidden. Uh, there's three hidden treasures usually. So there's little marks on the ground, and there's directions that they point. And basically, you gotta go around hitting X until you find it or use a guide. Um, well, just to elaborate a little bit on that is okay. like uh, it's like a circle on the ground and there's three arrows pointing in different directions and you would typically just like follow them in one direction and see if they match up with another like circle that has an arrow pointing in that same direction it's like you you want to like x marks the map kind of thing where they both meet up somewhere and then you would look in that area to see if the items there uh, but you have to like retain the like in your brain where one arrow was pointing and then when you find the next um, clue you have to be like okay I've moved this far in the map this direction this arrow before was pointing kind of over here this one now has arrows pointing this way is there anything matching this way or not uh, so it's a cool little time waster I guess if you want to because most of the rewards are worthless Yeah, you get some money usually, and sometimes you get up like sometimes it's the upgraded weapon for that area, which is nice. So you don't have to spend money on it. Um, and then also, most areas have like a hidden wall where you basically bust it down. Which, by the way, did you ever figure out who the guy was that um, rebuilt the wall and then had like you go to the treasure and it's empty? Did you ever figure that out? BB, right? Yeah. Who do we ever figure out who that was, or I don't have to look that up. I never. Yeah, it's it's one of the super bosses, the voice, the uh, Bajran, the boisterous, or whatever the fuck his name was. The yeah. guy who wrote poems and had the dragon. The guy it looked like Rayquaza. What's that? The guy you fight in the sewer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't put that together. Gotcha. He's well, he's the only NPC with two Bs. In his name so i just i'm assuming it's him oh we don't know for sure no yeah, okay 
I'm sure someone, well, I'll have to look that up some other time. Um, man, boisterous. Okay. Anything else unique that you think of that I, I missed? Uh, I don't think so. I think you pretty much touched on everything. I mean, uh, like, for the most part, there is a lot of different things that come together in this game and make it great or good. I mean, yeah, great. I would say it's great. Oh, I guess I will say there's one super unique thing in that there's a status effect that you have to uh, work around with because it directly involves the switching your partners out thing, and that's stagger. Uh, so when you get staggered, your character's pretty, and it lasts for like six or seven turns or some crazy shit, but your character like can't do anything. If you try to make an action, they'll get staggered and the, their turn ends. And the only way to get around that is to swap them out with the partner. But then later on, there's a death stagger status effect, which is you die if you try to do anything except switch out. So that was a definitely a unique mechanic that I've never seen before. Yeah, that was cool. Um... If there, yeah, if I think of anything else as we're talking, I'll I'll say it. But I mean, that's a lot of stuff that this guy put in this game. So I mean, kudos to him. That's definitely what made it fun and interesting. Um, and story I'll get into, but I think the pacing in the beginning can kind of, was kind of uh, uh, slower than I would liked. And like I said, there's some disconnects where they do the time skip stuff like right in the beginning, which. I, it's fine to do time skips, I think, but I think it's got to be earned and not just like a prologue, you know? Okay. So, um... I didn't mind there being the prologue and then, like, skipping to the actual game or whatever, because I, I just would have preferred more time learning about Glenn and Killian, like, after the big like thing that happened as opposed to it just being like oh this catastrophic thing happened now we're going to some other characters it's like what the fuck <laughs> but well I guess that's the story thing so we'll get there so yeah i guess we can uh if there's anything else you want to say that you liked or didn't like you know give it a rating uh, i think my only issue with the gameplay is sometimes the battles felt super easy and then other times they felt really difficult and that's mainly due to the random uh overdrive bullshit where you kind of you kind of briefly talked about this but uh in the top left corner of the screen when you go into overdrive mode uh, you get a icon for a skill type to use, and uh, as Kevin already said, there's like magic, utility, uh, attack, whatever stuff like that. Um, but it it takes every potential ability that your party has and picks one at random and puts them up there, and you have to use that. Uh, you have four turns to use that particular type of ability before it switches out to something else. And there are times where, like, it would be back to back to back. Like, I'm trying to do damage to the enemy, and it's, like, attack uh, skill, attack skill, attack skill. I'm like, can it be something else? I'm trying to keep myself in overdrive. I'm not trying to go out of overdrive. Or there would be times where it's like, oh, use a utility skill, and then use a utility skill again, like, two turns in a row. And I'm like, I don't want to use a fucking utility skill. 
I just want to attack the goddamn enemy. Yeah. So it felt like you had a waste of a character's turn to do some random bullshit like, oh, let me fucking steal an item from this dude that doesn't have items. Yeah, yeah, that was a great use of my turn. Yeah, towards, uh, the end of the, then, towards the end of the game, I stopped doing that. I just didn't give a fuck anymore if I went to overdrive. Or to well, it, sometimes it doesn't matter, depending on the fight, but sometimes it does, because the scaling is still... Uh, like, a lot of enemies in this game are... Uh, meat sponges or whatever whatever the, the phrase is but like they just have like a ten thousand fucking health it feels like and you just got to keep wailing on them and then there's like groups of six of them and you're like fuck dude like i i get it you want me to like use the mechanics of the game but at the same time you never feel powerful i at least i never felt like my character's like oh man they're super strong now um i did towards the I guess end. like what well, towards the oh. end like glenn and lynn and they were just super powerful with magic and attack. And then Sienna, I could keep, uh, I could use her for some good attacks or use her to buff or debuff. And uh, Victor was just keep buffing everyone until I didn't need them anymore. And then I just destroyed everything. My, well, like, sure. Like the characters got really strong, but like in some other RPGs, you can you start like one or two turning enemies. In this one, it still took like ten turns. Uh, oh, to yeah. kill a group of enemies. I'm like, fuck. Because, like, yeah, Glenn's doing 3,000 damage with his crosscut or whatever uh, to an enemy, but the enemy still got 10,000 fucking health, so he's got to, uh, Glenn's got to go, uh, Len's got to go, and Sienna's Sierra, got to go to kill this one enemy, and there's still right. four left. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, okay, yes. <laughs> I'm play I'm still playing the game, but at this point, like, I've, I've been doing the, it's, uh, I've become strong enough that i have the uh like attacks like the order sequence that i need to do to complete the combat properly uh, it's it's no longer a puzzle anymore really but uh it's also like stay all at the same time because i'm just doing the same thing over and over again uh, so like it definitely got more it's one of those things where like you Eventually, you get so strong, you don't need the utility shit. But I guess it's also on my, it's also on me, because when I was playing the game, normally, quote unquote, I was swapping my skills out once I maxed them. So I didn't always have access to like super strong skills, and I had to like balance around having completely worthless shit on some of my characters sometimes uh, that I would never use in a million years, but I want to level them up anyway because I'm stupid. Uh, so that made combat a lot more interesting, but also a lot more frustrating sometimes because uh, it's like, oh boy, I've got like for Victor like the stupid uh, ability that's like, oh, put dry on every enemy. I don't care. I don't want to do that. Yeah, uh, but it's the only skill I got right now. Yeah, those ones are. So, I never, I never equipped any of those ones. <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of on me. Um, but yeah, I mean. Otherwise, the uh, switching out from uh, the characters between like the different rounds, the healing after every fight, so you could actually like go full throttle on every enemy uh, is enjoyable. Uh, I wish there was more like general utility or like reasons to use other characters' ultimate abilities or ultra abilities because I only ever use Glenn's really. I always like. Well, I use Glenn's like when there is a group of enemies that are kind of stronger uh so you can attack them all and then like they all get like 
Because usually it's like five turns they have that debuff, so... Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason not to have Glenn in your party all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I really I felt how important he was when you go through the dungeon when you're in his brain or whatever. Yes. And I could not debuff anything, and those things were kicking my ass hard. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why is Glenn so <laughs> integral to beating groups of enemies? Like, holy shit. Like... So for me, that's like that signals the balance is not quite there because if you have to rely on a character just debuffing all the enemies all the time, uh, it's like fuck. It's not really uh, allowing for a different type of strategy. Right. It's the same most efficient thing, but I don't know. It's, it's hard. I guess hard to balance around that shit. But uh, yeah, and then once Len gets Heaven's Tear, it's like I don't need any other magic user. Like I just. No, because like Bothrat's cool, but he takes up—he's slow, and he takes up—he uh, takes a couple turns to build up his true power. Yeah. And by the time uh, you've already like killed a couple enemies off, so the thing—if if you you could leave enemies alive for him to use his like his big AOE attack on and do like a, a couple K worth of damage on each enemy, but it's like if I do that, then each one of those enemies is still gonna hit me. Right. So I need to get rid of—I need to thin down their ranks so they do less damage to me. So that makes him less reliable mm-hmm. um it's just kind of it's kind of one of those things where each player will find their way to play the game but also you're also sort of pigeonholed into what you can and can't do because there's a there's like a super effective way to play and then there's the every other way right but uh as a whole i would say uh gameplay is a four because there's stuff that definitely could be improved uh, but it's a pretty enjoyable experience for what it is. Yeah, uh, I'm. I kind of feel the same way. Like I loved. I mean, I had a good time once I started to get into the game, and there's just minor nitpicks here, or there that, you know, uh, you know, some characters are way better than others. Um, you get like more characters towards the end of the game when you don't really care anymore. Like you don't need them anymore because you already got like your group. You know, like, I'm... oh, yeah, that's super frustrating because none of those characters have any skills learned. And it's like, oh, yeah, you gotta go through and learn them all. Well, like, you have to learn them all, but then, like, none of them are powered up. Yes. And the power ups are, like, very minuscule, but it's, um, it's for me, it's like, why would I, would I invest any time in these characters when I already have a, a party that I've been using? Yeah. So I didn't use Raphael, I didn't use, uh, Magnolia. The, yeah, Magnolia. I didn't use Eagle. I didn't use... Um, well, I, I used Micah a little bit. I swapped her out with Rob. But still, like... I My main DPS was Sienna. So I was like, I already have Sienna built the way I want. Why I'm not going to try building somebody else. Even though I know she's potentially stronger than Sienna. I was just kind of like, I've already got something that works for me. Yeah, like, once... Uh, I, I had Micah... As like the other, the uh, the secondary to Sienna, but then once I started using Micah more, like she's got more AOE attacks, so it's good for groups. Um, so it was good for that, and then she has the kind of kind of like the same move set. Like she has a bleed attack, and she has like a really good thing though is the double steps she has, where like increases agility by forty percent for the whole party. I was like, oh, I'm definitely using that every battle. <laughs> So, uh, 
but yeah, like 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 we were saying, like there's a different way for everyone to play this game. Like, uh, uh, I think we mentioned. I don't know if this pre-show or during the show, but Eagle, he's kind of like a unique uh, kind of character class that I haven't really seen in a RPG where he's a tank. Um, so he's drawing aggro and defense is high and he can like self heal. So if he worked the way you want him to, like he, everyone else could be like glass cannons and just destroy and he could just stand there. But typically it doesn't work as good as you want it to. So, so I looked at the mechanics and every enemy, when they make an attack, they've got like a 50% chance to choose at random or they have a 50% chance to choose whoever has the most hate and the tanks. Uh, their abilities are like, oh, add hate to all the enemies or whatever. And so they, they only have one move that guarantees that they get hit. I think it's the, the lure move. But even when they act, they're trying to do their tank skills, it's still like a 50% chance that it actually works. Mm. And so it was like, it's also like super frustrating that sometimes like the enemies would like attack the same character like four times in a row and i'm like can you so what the fuck is, is this rng shit about like attack somebody else like the amount of times my healer just got just destroyed <laughs> as soon as i brought them out yeah it's like the beginning of the fight and the four hits right in the healer i haven't even got a turn i'm like okay and that's whatever sienna's so good because then you can just drop a revive on them because sienna will go three times before the other towards the end of the game sienna is just broken you know yeah so yeah, uh, I, I I really enjoyed it though. Like the battles were fun. Either each way, some people don't like the mech battles. Like they're lesser than the regular battles, but you also don't have to do them as often. So I did like it when we got to change it up. Um, My favorite thing about the Skyrimers is walking around on the ground, fighting like normal ground fight enemies, and just being like, <laughs> "Here's here's six thousand damage to you. Go fuck off." <laughs> yeah. Or ch trying to fight them as a human and just getting destroyed is fun. Yeah. Well, there's a couple reward challenges for that, too. Like, oh, survive five turns against this enemy that you normally only fight in Skyrimers. Good luck. Yeah, so... That, yeah, and So, I, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and also, yeah, that's the the reward board is cool. That's fun. Um, little challenges you can do and stuff like that, and you get rewards for it, which you need anyways to get all the better equipment and better you know items in the game i like how that all ties together i think that was done pretty well um there's not much i didn't like it's just i thought that it could be expanded on or done better and i kind of mentioned that as i was going through everything uh already so i had an excellent time with it um it's not perfect but it's kind of some of the best fun i had in an RPG in a while, so I'm gonna give it a four and a half for gameplay. Like I, I loved it. Solid so, score. I would have given it a four and a half myself, I think, but there's a little too much, like missing. I think if they if they had the actual like mini games somewhere else, like they were worth like doing or uh, explaining, I guess the crystal shit better. Yeah. And like, they definitely not. Definitely can improve the like equipment upgrades. Where you didn't, it did, it took too long, like to move every like I was like spending too much time on them. Like, so after a while, I only did it to like Glenn and Lynn, the people that okay, 
Gwenlyn, Victor, and uh, Sienna are the only ones I really did the upgrades to, and everyone else I didn't care because so, there's just so much time. And then, like, I did, if I didn't use those characters that much, what's the point? Exactly. So, yeah, and the, the, I wish the uh, some of the characters you got late, like earlier, so you didn't like they weren't just like you no, know, they're tacked on. So like, you already had your group. You know, I already had the the people I've been maining for like you know fifty hours, and then. <laughs> Ten yeah. hour, there's 10 hours left of the game and you're just throwing a couple guys to me like yeah okay that's cool so yeah right there with you well that brings us on to music break number one which has become tradition and it is the main theme of the game that we're using as Brent's pick um and this title this song is literally titled main theme of Jane Deco's so enjoy Story time. So the game starts off with a prologue, kind of, uh, in that, uh, I mean, well, technically the game starts off with you sleeping in a bed and your mother opening the window curtains and waking you up. And then uh, on the way out, uh, like you try to go downstairs and she like starts slapping you or, or holding on, like sh uh, shaking you or whatever. And then you wake up in real life and you're on this airship with these mercenaries 
and I thought about this like scene later, and I was wondering how Glenn would have these memories since apparently he was born and raised in a slave camp with no parents. So, I like I get it was just a reference to Chrono Trigger, but I'm like this doesn't really fit the continuity of, of the world of the game. But you know, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. So, uh, you learn that you're part of the Band of Iron Mercenary Group, and you've been given a super dangerous contract. It's pretty much suicide uh, for the mercenary band uh, to get their, I guess, honor back because something happened. I guess people were spreading rumors that they're like worthless or something, and they're not. You don't want to hire them and stuff like that. So they need to be with this job to kind of get their. Uh, reputation restored even though it's super dangerous and uh, the job is pretty much to break through this heavily fortified uh, castle and destroy this the um, power source of these cannons so that the main um, army can come and like do the fighting or whatever uh However, <laughs> when you actually make it to the presumed power source, um, Glenn, who's the main character of the game, and his buddy Killian, who's also a Sky Pilot, uh, or Sky Armor Pilot, and I guess a lieutenant in the Mercenary Band or whatever, uh, realize that uh, it's not actually the power source when they destroy it. Well, Glenn hits it, and it like... Uh, yeah, they don't realize that that's the weapon. It's it, he thinks it's a power source. Yeah, so like uh, on the way there, like there's a couple dudes that are like, uh, no, don't hit that thing. Or there's one guy, I guess, like, a rival mercenary who's in a mech, who's actually in the Seraph mech. You get uh, that can upgrade at the end of the game or whatever. Um, he's like, no, don't destroy that. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, but Glenn's like, no, this is the contract. I got to do it. I'm destroying this power source. And you also get a, a glimpse of Gwen, who is the advisor to Frederick, who's the king of Terran, I think, which is another... So there's three countries on Melandis, which is the continent that you, the game takes place on. Which is what... Uh, this is where it all gets confusing, because they just throw all this stuff at you at once, and it's like, they don't, like, pace it out. And, like, I don't know who's who and who's, like, there's just so much information like dumped on you in the very beginning, and it's like it's hard to like wrap your head around at first. For me, at least. See, uh, yeah, this, this might be a, like a thing that's it affects different people different ways. Because my favorite literature genre is like fantasy war, where they there's always like a politicking happening and machinations going on, and you get like glimpses of the different idea ideologies of different countries and people that are working in there and whatever like that and then like how the battlefields play out so when you're like oh man there's so much political stuff in the first couple hours on the discord i was like oh fuck yeah let's do it and then i get it and i was like this is under underbaked what's going on yeah <laughs> there's not really like there's uh essentially what's going on is like there's been like hundreds of years of war on this continent and uh, there's constantly back and forth between these three countries or kingdoms. Uh, you've got 
uh, Terran, you've got Winds Port or, or Winds something. I can't remember what the hell it's called. Like it doesn't really matter too much. And then you got the Farns Port place. And uh, there's one country. I think it's Terran who's uh, the strongest right now. The, they're the more dominant force, and uh, they recently conquered this the Warns. Warren's port place, whatever the hell you is that you're, you're going to attack. And uh, so your mission is to help like, get it back. But then you end up destroying the place, essentially, with this the power of the Grand Grimoire. And uh, Glenn gets PTSD. It, also, like you get like a time skip of like six months to a year or something like that. It didn't really say, if I recall correctly, like how long it's been. Yeah, it's just a lot happens like in that prologue, and I'm just, yeah, like, I'm like, who's the good? Like, who are we fighting? Like, am I the? Because I'm a mercenary band, so I'm not even part of any of these countries, but somehow it matters. And I'm like, who's the? Who's good? Who's bad? Where am I in all of this? Like, it's so like, like confusing at first. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, it doesn't it doesn't really help that like you do this thing, Glenn and Killian, and then you get thrown to a different character. Like a set of characters. Yes. Yeah. Like okay. So they're, they're not the main character. Like that's that's the thing too. Like all right, these aren't the main characters. And wait, are they part of the main characters? And then these are the new main characters. Like they don't do the thing where the main character goes and collects all the characters. It's like you're gonna do this part of the story now with these guys, and then you're gonna do this part over here, and then here's Rob and Len, and then here's you know ev- you know everyone else, and it's like oh my god, too much going on. <laughs> like I want like a through a line you know with someone where i'm like i can follow where i'm at in the world and it's just like too much jumping around that's like that's where it's like in the beginning i was not like i was like oh no that's not might not be good <laughs> well i think for me the jumping around is fine it just wasn't like the sections were i guess meaty enough uh like so you do this prologue with glenn and killian and that's a good hour hour and a half maybe uh, I'd say roughly, and you get some good information about this uh, group of people, and then he just kills everybody. Right. So everything you learned about the group of people that you're in it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, you like run around the ship, and you're like, okay, this is my crew. Like this is this is I can't wait to like see how this plays out. And like, nope, they're dead. Like, okay, yeah. Now just everybody's gone. Like all the stuff I was starting to like accumulate. I'm like, now do I need a like, do I need to think about these other people, or is this going to just get blown up in my face too? Like, I don't, I don't know. And it's, but the like, there's a big problem with that in that you don't have like you, you get these characters, and then you kind of start getting to know them, and then they all die. But you don't feel bad because you don't know who the characters are really, and you're like, all right. And like we were talking about, like their pictures are still like when you're in the equipment screen trying to sell stuff, like you still still see their pictures because like. Uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but like, you meet up with some of the other clan or something, right? When you get to the the rock, uh, what's a what's that weapon called? The Grand Grimoire. The Grand Grimoire. You get when you get to that, you're like you're with some other of your party members, right? Well, yeah, you're with the leader yeah. of the band and like the second in command, I guess, like the the goat man and the dolphin dude. Yeah, and they're around the thing too, so that made me think that they were alive, right? They're right there. Yeah. And you can see their stuff, like you said, to see their uh, photo, their head picture thing, whatever, the portrait in the 
equipment menu and stuff. So yeah, I definitely thought you'd get them again later. Right, but, but then you don't. I'm like, what? So it's the whole game. I'm thinking like, oh, he's waiting till the end to like make them a bad guy or like you know they're behind something. And it's like, nope, they're no, they're they're gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was yeah also, that added to my confusion, I guess. It's and it doesn't really explain that they're dead for a while. It's like you at the end of Act One, I think. They're like, oh yeah, this thing literally disintegrates everybody or everything within so many meters, depending on how many souls it's collected before, blah, 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 but we'll get into that later. So I'm like, oh, so literally everybody's just gone. Their souls have been ripped from their bodies. Cool. Okay. Got it. But then, like, that calls into question for me, like, we're supposed to, like, so there's, like, the Maelstrom, which has all the souls in it, and, like, this thing absorbs the energy of the souls. Like, so does that mean these souls are now permanently erased from the maelstrom and uh th that stuff never gets answered it's just like more i guess more questions for me kind of thing that they don't really consider talking about but anyway uh back to it so you uh glenn and killian uh hit this grand grimoire thing and make a big explosion well glenn does and then so he uh, he gets PTSD and he gets remorse about two things, like the first one being that he just killed hundreds of thousands of people, maybe, and then second, uh, that he was lied to and uh, he did something that he deems is morally wrong. But Killian is like on the opposite end of the spectrum, where he's like, "Shit, now we don't have jobs anymore." Right. Uh, we got to find work. We got to get back to being mercenaries because that's all that was what we know how to do. We got to build a new band. We got to get the shit going. So he's kind of all, all for it, I guess I would say, but he's not too bothered by what happened. Um, but they don't really uh, convey this very well via the dialogue and like what's happening on screen because you don't. I don't think you can you get this until a little bit later because you hit the grand grimoire everybody dies and uh like the world gets like turned upside down like earthquakes and shit happen like this whole swath of land is just fucking destroyed and then it's like cutscene so many months later now there's a truce between all the countries and the kingdoms and there's a big uh party that's going on to announce this, the truce and there's a celebration and whatever and you get introduced to Len and Rob, who are members of the city guard. Very briefly, and uh, <laughs> you, so you're at Len and Rob, and you're doing like your your normal um, rounds of the city. And somehow Rob like sees some weird dude with a sword, uh, or Len, or one of them sees him. This weird like somebody with a sword, or yeah. somebody looks suspicious. It's like, oh, we're gonna go investigate. And so, like, you run out of town, and uh, you go to where the parade is supposed to be coming through, and you see some, like, bandit dudes talking about how they're going to do something. And so you chase them to their bandit cave, and you learn that they've been hired to assassinate the queen of Warnshire, I believe is the actual name of that place that got destroyed earlier. Um, so you kill the bandits, but you don't manage to kill like the guy who's in charge uh, because he leaves 
And so uh, they make their way back to town. And some point during this, you like you learn that Len is the princess of Terran, which is the uh, quote unquote bad kingdom, uh, who uh, has the king is her brother, obviously named Frederick. And they make it out to be that he's a good guy. And uh, the person doing all this like plotting is bad and acting on their own initiative. And uh, her manservant, Rob, is the son of one of the lords that serves Frederick. And he tried to rebel against Frederick and uh, lost. And so uh, as penitents or whatever, uh, Rob got taken as a child and brought to the castle as a ward of Taryn and of Frederick. And so uh, he's pretty much a slave for the castle and he like made friends with I guess uh, uh, Len and she took him with her when she decided that she didn't want to be cooped up in the castle anymore and she wanted to be free so they left and that's how they ended up in uh, Farnsport and working as a city guard nobody knows that she's a princess and nobody knows that Rob is like the son of a, a lord or whatever and so that's how they're working there but then uh, they find out that this somebody is trying to destroy the ceremony and, and bring war back again. And then you learn that it is actually one of the, I think he's a general under uh, Frederick. And he is conspiring under Frederick's orders to uh, ruin the celebration and peace treaty and start war back up. Because reasons <laughs> I think I don't remember if it's actually like adequately explained but I think the reasoning is uh, they started the destruction of Wernshire intentionally because Gwen, who's an advisor to the king uh, was the one during the prologue you saw who was like oh, okay everything's going according to plan because he knows that the Grand Grimoire was not the power source to the cannons, but actually this big destructive thing that when it gets damaged, everybody in three meter radius around it is fine. But depending on how many souls it absorbed before, it's got a bigger destruction radius. And the more souls it absorbs from that, the stronger it gets and, you know, extrapolates out. So the more damage it does, the more damage it can do in the future kind of thing. And so there's a big plot, essentially, that this peace thing was fake and they're really just here to get, I guess get an upper hand on the war they're starting again uh, but Len doesn't think it's actually her brother that's behind it and so she's uh, trying to make sure she can get out safely when this thing happens or first she wants to prevent it from the assassination from happening in the first place but then uh, uh, they decide that she needs to go to back home to Tormund, which is the capital of Terran, to confront her brother and see if he was actually the one responsible for the war happening. And then you have another character, Sierra, or Sienna, who is a thief who's breaking into the castle of Farnsport uh, because she got caught by a rival gang of thieves who she has gotten on the bad side of before 
and they uh, give her the option to either die or go in there and steal some gems or something uh, and come back out. So that's her whole thing. Uh, so while she's doing that, she you she runs into Glenn and Killian in the sewers, who are running away from a kraken. And uh, they manage to all band together and get through the sewers and defeat the kraken and go in to the warehouse where their Sienna is trying to steal some jewels. But Glenn and Killian are there to learn, uh, or still, I guess, technically steal information from the library to learn about the Grand Grimar because they want to know what the fuck. Well, Glenn wants to know what the fuck happened. Killian's just tagging along until they can, I guess, get a job somewhere. I think he's trying to. He's helping because he thinks it's a. He wants to know the, how to use the weapon. I think. Yeah, he's a. He's a, one of those power tripping kind of people who's like, I got to get as much power as I can, so I can be the strongest, and then I can be in charge, and I can make the world the way I want it to be, kind of thing. Yeah, he's one of those ones where it's like, the world's a better place if I'm in control because I'll make the best decisions, and power won't corrupt me like everyone else. But it yeah, definitely is not true. <laughs> but he's doing it because he wants his kid sister who's been in a coma for how many years or something uh, to wake up whenever she wakes up to wake up into a better world uh, except I don't know what level of medical technology they have but if somebody is, I'm assuming if somebody's been in a coma in, in this world they're Brain they would have died a long time ago because yeah. it's not like they've been hooked up to fucking uh, like those breathing machines or whatever the fuck, and like how are they getting food? But anyway, story, fantasy world story stuff, whatever doesn't matter. Uh, so now everybody, oh, there's also Victor, who you've uh skipped to every once in a while between all this stuff, and he is a playwright, um, who has written these performances that everybody loves, and he's a celebrity, and uh, he's the only one in the castle that's actually supposed to be there. So he's there doing like meet and greets and he's like entertaining people. And uh, at one point he leaves because he's, he wants some fresh air or something. And he goes with his like manservant thing. He's got the goat guy who comes up again later. I can't remember his name. He's like an NPC. Oh, goat guy. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Butler looking dude. But you go to town, and you go to, like, where they're having some festivities in this, like, I guess, festival area. And that's where you do the minigames. Um, and this is... So the order is, you got Glenn, Killian, Prologue, Sen, uh, or Len, Rob, doing their little thing. And then you go to Victor. He does the minigames. And then you go to Sienna, because she steals all the minigame money tokens from Victor. Then you go and meet up with uh, Glenn and uh, Killian. And think you go back to uh, Len and, and Rob at some point for some cutscenes. And then Victor for some cutscenes where you meet like Amalia, the princess of Farnsport, and some other NPCs. So uh, just like the Inquisitors. Just listening listening to you like tell this uh, uh, like like second like already knowing how the, the game works i think the biggest trouble uh this guy had was getting everyone together <laughs> a good reason for everyone to come together i think as you can tell it's kind of convoluted yeah it's like nothing they end up together because i'll just skip like i'll skip to the end of this uh some demon with red eyes 
attacks the castle. And during this like chaos and confusion, the guy that works for Frederick, the general, completes the plan to assassinate the princess or queen of Bornshire. And then the um, I guess there's like an uh, an advisor or some dude I can't remember who the fuck he is, but they use they kill him he kills him too and uses that as an excuse. To oh, he was a um, he was a guy that worked for Terran. Uh, that was like a what the hell do they call him? Like a uh, like a liaison to another country. God damn it! I know what you mean. Uh, you know what I mean, right? Those those dudes that have like Ambassador. fucking the. What's that? An ambassador? Yes, ambassador. That's the word. Uh, so he kills that guy to frame the other countries as going back on the, the truce first, or whatever, the peace agreement. Uh, so they can use that as reasons to start war again. Uh, they really didn't need to anyways, because they started the war anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like the, the I guess they wanted public perception on their side or whatever, so for some reason. But, uh, Yep, so all that happens, like, you get attacked by this demon, and then the whole party uh, meets up in a church where the church is doing, like, this, uh, not the Inquisitor, what the hell his name is, but there's a guy, I guess a priest, head priest, uh, bishop maybe, uh, is doing, like, this service. The Pope? Uh, talk about the Pope? No, it's not the Pope, it's the guy under the Pope, who, uh, it's one of the guys under the Pope, because he's the guy who, like, works for the Inquisitors. I can't remember his name. I don't remember if he dies. Oh, yeah. I think he gets... I don't even know what the fuck happened to this dude. Uh, and I don't remember seeing the scene where he's sleeping with Killian. At all. I don't know where the hell that happened from. You Maybe I missed something. You didn't remember that scene? It's I when... don't remember seeing that at all. It's when he wakes up out of bed and he goes sits on the roof. And he, like, thinks about his sister or whatever. Oh, I think I might have, like, got up to get a drink and came back and just saw him on the roof talking. Oh. So I... I... Okay, yeah, that's what ha that's when that was. You see him well. Shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so there's this dude that I guess has a thing for young men. Which I don't know if that's like if they're if that's him like commenting on boy rape in the church or not in like real life. I don't know. But uh, he's there giving a sermon and, and uh, then all of a sudden, everybody like coincidentally meets up there because Victor's in there for the sermon. Uh, Len shows up to Len and Rob show up to like report to somebody that uh, there's a plan to assassinate the queen. And then Sienna comes in from this grate that happens to be in the middle of the church from the sewers or something. And then Glenn and uh, Killian get caught in the library and they get chased by guards onto these rafters and they fall into the church room. So everybody's here. And then uh, the demon comes in through a wall and attacks everybody. And they, uh, the Inquisitor working for the, the guy, the priest, bishop, whatever, giving a sermon, fights off the demon and tells everybody to run. So the whole party runs together. And you get to the top of this tower and the demon comes and attacks. You kill the demon. And uh, everybody kind of explains a little bit why they're there. And Len uh, is like, I need to get back to Terran to report to, like, to figure out what's going on and stop the war from happening. And most of the party is like, okay, sure, we'll come along. Uh, like, Victor's like, yeah, sure, I'll come along. Glenn and Killian are like, if you hire us, or they get hired as mercenaries, 
to be like the muscle for the group. And Sienna's like, well, I got nothing else better to do, so I might as well hang along too. Because on the way out, she's like, first she's like, uh, no, fuck this, I'm out. And then uh, she, on the way out of the sewers, she sees the the other gang of bandits and is like, uh, all right, actually, I'll stick with these guys. It might be safer this way. So uh, they all decide to travel as a group. And the first obstacle they have is the pass between um, Farnsport and, like, the border to, I guess, Terran is shut down. So they need to get passes to get through. Yeah, what was so the you... reason that it was shut down? I can't remember. What's that? Why did they shut it down? Because of the attack on the Farnsport. Oh, yeah. They're only... You have to have a special passport to get through or something like that. Yeah, like, they're, I guess... I, it doesn't really make sense like talking about it now that the way that this works is like the the city was under attack and now all of a sudden you need passes to get out that doesn't really make sense to me but whatever that's the reason that that we're, that we're going with here so uh you end up going to this little village uh called basil and you get these uh like under the table passports from this really sketchy guy and when you get to the gate, uh, you only get four, I think, because there's not enough for the whole party. And you get to the gate, and you give uh, the passports to the uh, guard. Uh, but before that, some like homeless dude or whatever shows up. He's like, hey, can I see your passports? I want to make sure they're legit. And then uh, he gives them back. And the guard's like, oh, these are fake passports. So your party's like, hey, maybe the guy that took the passports... Uh, or passes or whatever they are, uh, replaced him with fake ones. Let's chase him down. And so you go find the guy, and you find out actually he did give you fake passports, but that's because the passports you got were uh, illegal because the first guy has a band of thugs that uh, that he so he gives people passports and then like has the bank ba uh, band of thugs ambush them on this path that they have the people have to go on to to bypass some dangerous area or something like that. So he kills them all and takes the passports back or passes back and then sells them again to the next group of people who then he also gives a map to to get to the same ambush location and rinse repeat. And that's how he's been making his money by stealing shit from people uh, that he has to get murdered. So the the, the homeless dude or whatever is like, yeah, uh, your passes would have been uh, confiscated anyway because there's blood on them, and there's a rule that or a law that says if there's any blood on passes, then they're voided to prevent people from being murdered for them. <laughs> and uh, so then he gives you real passes somehow. No, uh, you go back to the uh, the the sketchy guy and you like you confront him in the middle of his wedding and you kill his boys which he calls them uh his little thug dudes and you make him give you the key to the passageway that his uh his underlings use to bypass the, the gate yeah it was like a back way so like this is all fucking weird because why is there a way to bypass the gate that you have to worry about if the gate wasn't locked down before and shit with needing passes. So 
and this past thing is new like it just started so i don't maybe i didn't understand that very well but it's like you have to do all this stuff and all this stuff has like been done for uh, presumably a while when it only just started getting locked down oh no i know what it is so there's always you always need passes to go through the gate at the border for which doesn't seem to have stopped anybody before until now. But you need to pass to get through. But uh, you're trying to get through the border before it gets shut down because you're going to shut down the border to find the, whoever killed the queen and the ambassador. That's what it was. So there's always this border pass system. Your crew, your party is just trying to get through before it gets locked down. There we go. I remember now. So anyway, uh, you kill all these dudes. Uh, you get the map and, and the key to this locked passageway that bypasses the pass, uh, the border, whatever. Except when you get in there, it turns out it's like a haunted fucking zombie-filled dungeon Some for some reason. And so that means these dudes have been fighting zombies, which I thought was interesting, and ghosts or whatever. Well, but no, no problem. So I think the, the pathway that they normally use was blocked off, so that, that's why they haven't been using it. When there was like an earthquake or something. That's right, that's right. But they had this alternate pass they could go through, too. That's right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but still, that means they've been using it for like six months to a year with no problems, though. But then, like, you just kill them pretty easily, so I don't understand how they made it through. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, like, you go through this dungeon, and like at the end you fight this monster, uh, this, like, dream monster thing. And none of it, like, really has any... It's just like a it's a themed dungeon. Like nothing has any plot relevance as far as I'm aware. Uh, there's like you find these like liquid jelly dudes, and at first I thought they were like ghosts, but then like it's an actual race of people. So it's like, oh okay, I don't know what the hell these dudes are doing here. All right, whatever. Uh, but you get through and you make it to the other side, and uh, I think you get to this bridge where you're trying to cross. Uh, that leads you into the Terran territory, but uh, you find the uh, there's an army encamped there already, and so the characters are like, well, why would there be an army here if they didn't know already that there would be a war happening? So that kind of leads you to believe that Frederick knew about the assassination plot and he approved it, and then uh, the general that you met who assassinated everybody. Uh, is there and uh originally the guards aren't gonna let you through but then uh general comes over and his name's mathai i think and he talks to len and he's like uh because oh, len's like yeah let me through i'm the princess of Terran. and mathai shows up and he's like uh, i'll talk to them in private you guards leave and he's like yeah uh i can't let you pass princess i'm going to murder you as part of the plot uh to prove my loyalty to Frederick and you're a traitor to your country and I love my country so you have to die uh, but then uh, I can't remember how it happens but like the bridge gets destroyed uh, some other mech comes and you fight it and then blows up do you fight the mech I don't remember if you fight the mech or not Yeah, I think you fight the mech on feet on, on ground and you beat him Okay, because I can't remember like some other guy that betrays the princess because she's all about the he's all about the country. Oh, 
I That's can't... right. It's some random throwaway NPC I totally forgot about. I'm like, who is yeah, this guy? No. It's like, should I know who he is? I'm like, I don't remember. That's right. Oh, shit. Yeah, so when you're in the town as Len and Rob at the very beginning of the game, there's like this random noble dude or like military guy who shows up. And he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, how are you doing, princess? My wife and kids are doing great. Thanks to you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then... Then he shows up again in his mech, you're right. And he's like, uh, I love my country, and you're going to ruin the country, Len, so we have to kill you. So you kill him, and you're right. Then the bridge blows up, and the whole party falls through the hole in the bridge that gets made, and you get split up again. Final Fantasy VI style. And so this time, um, you choose which group of uh, characters you want to play as, like play through the little story arc first, uh, or and then second and then third. Uh, I think you have to choose between Sienna by herself again, uh, Glenn and Len, and then Victor, Rob, and Killian. Um, so uh, I guess I'll just go through uh, Victor, Rob, and Killian first. Uh, they end up at a mine uh, that is owned by Rob's dad, his father. Like They own the land around here, so he's kind of familiar with the mines. Uh, but the problem is the mines, I guess, were mined out, so nobody uses them anymore, and they got filled with monsters. But yeah, your team fights their way through, and like nothing really special happens to, with the plot or anything like that. You just go through the mines, and you make your way out, and uh, then you switch over to Len and Glenn, and they have a similar situation where they just kind of go through some caves, I believe. And you make your way through the caves. And then Sienna is the only one that actually has any kind of plot relevance to it, uh, to her little arc thing. And that is she makes it to Rock Bottom, which is like a really run-down, poor mining town. And uh, everybody there is a big piece of shit asshole. <laughs> uh, and there's like a big another gang of thieves there that's different than the original gang of thieves that chased her before. But when you get to the town uh, and you go inside, like the big inn tavern thing, you find the local gang of thieves talking to the pursuing gang of thieves, which I think is the Black, the Black Fang Gang or some sh bullshit. I don't know. It doesn't really matter too much. Uh, but they're talking about uh, how they're still chasing Sienna down. So she's like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. But there's like guards everywhere in this town, too, that she's worried about getting seen by. And so you end up uh, robbing the storehouse of the local gang and paying off this mercenary who's at the bar named ba uh, Bothraz. And he's like, all right, I'll help you get out. So uh, you work together with him to escape the town. But on your way out, uh, you get caught by the local gang um, and you fight the, I guess, the, the muscle that they have. His name is this like a liquid jelly dude named Osric. And uh, yeah, they're like you fight him off. Here's the thing about those. They're their own species, but you never get, like, to see that many of them. I, mean, I don't know. I felt They're like, all villains. But I felt like that would be one of the, like, things you could add to your party that would be interesting. Like they, Yeah. Or at least get more interaction with them eventually, but you don't. Yeah, the two, the two main ones that are involved in the story, uh, one of them is a general for Terran, and the other one is just muscled for this uh, thief dude, and you, they're both villains. And then all the other ones are like random faceless NPCs you see on the in the world sometimes, like in dungeons and shit. And they don't really explain what they are. But I guess like one thing we should mention about the world in this game is like there's different species of 
creatures, and like most of them are considered human because I guess they can think. And then anything that can't think, like it doesn't have like conscious thought or whatever, is a monster. So like you'll have like a goat man that's a human, and then you've got like these jelly dudes that are also human, and then you got like humanoids, like normal human looking dudes that are human. You got like bird people that are human, and it's confusing. All kind of, yeah, it's like so sometimes like we talk about humans, and then I'm like, are they talking about like people, people, or are they talking about the animal people? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't really matter too much. But then they're like, there's like sub tribes of these animal things too sometimes, and then there's like sub tribes of humans because like you have human humans, and then you have R, which is what Victor is, and what Gwen are. And they live forever, so they're more like elves, but they look like humans. And uh, that's all. So that's more just the weird, confusing lore shit that doesn't really expand it on either. So that's part of this game. But um, yeah, so Sienna escapes. Uh, this group of people, like the bandits, like you fight them off. And uh, she's like uh, asking for Bothraz's help the rest of the way to whatever town they're supposed to, uh, she's supposed to meet at, the rest of the group at. He's like, nah, uh, this is too dangerous, and you don't have enough money, so I'm leaving. So they split ways, but everybody meets up at this inn uh, that's, like, in the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of a forest. Yeah, but it's, like, it's the weirdest place for an inn. But everybody knows about it somehow. Like, I don't remember them mentioning it, that they're going to meet up at this this inn. But when you start each character's section, they're like, oh, what do we do? I guess we all meet up at the inn, at the edges of whatever the fuck. Uh, so somehow, once you finish everybody's um, areas... Oh, also, Glenn and uh, Len. Part of their thing is after they get out of the caves, they get into this fairy forest. And you are agreeing... I guess you run into a, an army encampment first, but you decide not to go that way, so you go into the woods. I think Glenn has a an attack because he gets starts ever since he hit the the Grand Grimoire, he starts seeing this white door. He gets him like migraines or sort of some shit, and he passes out. Um, but he gets better with that later. Uh, but during he has an episode, and then he, when he wakes up, like there's villagers surrounding him and Len, and they are like, oh. You're not supposed to be in these woods, but we'll give you a pass if you help us hunt down this monster that attacked the village. And so you agree to do that. Um, and you like go into this like fairy forest, I guess. And you fight this wounded boar monster thing that comes out of the water that tries to surprise you. But the, the white door tells you in advance that it's coming. Um, so you fight it off, and that's the end of their story. So then you meet at this inn, and you spend the night there. And you, you have a little, like, uh, scene where everybody kind of, like, gets to know each other a little better. Everybody gets drunk. And, uh, you, like, learn that, like, Rob can't handle his liquor, so he passes out. Um, and the host is, like, this innkeeper, and he's got a little girl with him with white hair. And uh, you kind of, like, learn a little bit about them a little bit, but not too much. Uh, so you go outside at one point because there's, like, a screaming sound. And the character's like, what the hell is that? Uh, so you go outside as a party, and you go into this, like, flower field next to the inn, and the innkeeper talks about these, like, wailing lilies or something, and when you pluck them, they, like, scream like a person would scream. And the party's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Alright, let's go to bed. <laughs> so, 
you go to bed and then you wake up and everybody meets outside and everybody's like, oh no, where's Lun at? Uh, and Sienna's like, oh, well, if I hurt, if I, I thought I would have heard her leave, we shared the same room and I'm a slight, uh, a light sleeper. And the innkeeper's like, oh, she left before you guys uh, into the woods towards Taryn. She said she was in a hurry. So they're like, oh, maybe she was in a hurry to go talk to Frederick about the war. Uh, and everybody's a little confused about why she would have left without the party, but they're like, whatever, well, I guess we'll go find her. So you, you make your way through the woods a little bit to the next town, and all the villagers say that they haven't seen anybody um, come this way. But then you also hear about people going missing a lot. So the party decides, okay, maybe either she got lost on the way back to the uh, to this town, or something happened at the inn. So you go back to the inn, and you find this hidden passage underneath the inn that leads to this like prison torture chamber cave area thing and uh you can find these notes that are laying around that talk about how the innkeeper is actually a sorcerer that kicked out got kicked out of wherever he's from for doing like fucked up experiments on people yeah he's like taking learn... souls of people and put them into inanimate objects yeah first he started with animals or something and tried to put their souls into uh like combine them into like other creatures to like make them more powerful uh, but that never worked because the things would go crazy and then die. And then he figured out that you could put human souls into flowers and they would go, they'd still go crazy, but they wouldn't die or something like that. Um, but then he had, he also had one experiment where he put a bunch of, I guess, souls into a girl and the girl survived. And that's the little girl that has the white hair that you see with him. So you learn all the stuff, and you free Len, and uh, then you chase the uh, innkeeper sorcerer guy out of the uh, the area you're in, and you go to the Wailing Flower Fields, and uh, he, I guess, has some measure of control over the little girl, and he has the girl attack your party, so you fight her off. You don't kill her, but you, like, incapacitate her. And uh, after you win, the innkeeper guy gets really upset and uh i can't remember if it's the little girl that does it but he gets set on fire somehow and like the flower fields get set on fire and uh then he jumps off the cliff and dies and you take the little girl to the forest town uh and everybody in the town decides to raise her collectively i guess as the town town child or whatever but you get to thanks for solving the mystery of where all the people in the village disappeared too and you move on through the forest and you make your way to Tormund which is the capital of Terran and uh, when you get there the uh, party is like brought to the castle I believe and uh, Len's like oh you guys will be rewarded for your help uh, and I, one of the rewards that uh Glenn wants is he wants to know all about the Grand Grimoire. So when he asks for that reward, uh, that he gets told that they'll get with him in a couple of days or whatever and give him the information he wants. But uh, Frederick and his posse are like, well, this is suspicious. Why does this guy want to know about the Grand Grimoire? Obviously, he's a spy from another country, so we're going to kill everybody. <laughs> and uh, Len finds out, and she's like, no, you can't kill my friends. So the uh, Frederick's like, well, I'm not going to let you out of my sight ever again. And they have, like, family drama. 
And so this is kind of important for later, but he makes himself like irredeemably evil to her. Um, even though he loves her as his sister, but he does like all this really fucked up shit, like saying, I don't care if she dies and like goes out of his way to try to get her killed and like hires, uh, like the band of thieves from earlier, um, to go and chase her and the party down and assassinate like, or just kill everybody, murder everybody. Um, but then at the end of the game, he kills himself and says that he was making himself out to be a monster. To get like, that was a, his big master plan was to garner the hatred of everybody in the country so that that he could die and put everybody's hate like him. To de- away at, like, to bed at one time. It's like the plot of Watchmen where they're all trying to uh, get to get everyone together to have one person to focus on. Yeah, and so his a- I mean, his actions don't really match up with that. <laughs> I guess that that to me that came out of left field. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. Like you, you did that awful, dude. You should <laughs> there's definitely a better way to do that. But to okay, me it's like I think. He- I don't know. The way I thought of it was like, uh, I think you're just trying to save face because you lost. So this is like your way of making it okay when you kill yourself because you lost. Maybe. Like, yeah, like an ass pulled at the very end. Yeah, he's like, well, okay. I'll just say this so my sister doesn't hate me like after I'm dead or something. Okay. Maybe. That makes that makes sense. Whatever. I, it's, it's a good explanation as any, I guess, because... The other way, it doesn't, his actions don't follow his words. No. Like why it just it's just weird to me that he would say that like he wants why wouldn't he explain this to his sister at all and like have her get like in, and then get her like try to get her killed and shit. I don't understand. I'm guessing that. he thought that she would try to stop him, which she she was trying to do anyways. So Well, yeah. So that it defeats the whole point. Uh, like he would have had better success not trying to kill her because that's the reason why it fucked up anyway for him anyway whatever so uh yeah your party gets uh like meets up in an inn and these soldiers show up and uh on the king's orders and they're like all right you guys are under arrest you're gonna we're gonna get uh executed because you're spies or whatever because the party's there plotting with this uh magical advisor that works for Frederick named Cameron and he like works on magical artifacts and shit or whatever so he knows a little bit about the Grand Grimar and he's friends with Victor because Victor knows everybody he's also 500 plus years old because he's an R I forgot to mention that before but yeah there's uh, like plot uh, characters that only the only two characters you meet that are like that are central to the plot that are like live forever people yeah and also they're like the Deus Ex Machina shit, where like, oh, we need something, and Victor's like, oh, I know, I've, I've been around the block, I know exactly what we got to do, but then also doesn't like explain anything to anybody, right? So that's also a plot convenience thing. We'll I'll touch on a little bit later, but uh, so the party uh, fights their way out of town, and Len uh, escapes captivity in the castle and joins the party, and. Uh, they decide that they can get information on the Grand Grimoire, I think, at this monastery that's been abandoned. 
So your party makes their way towards that place. And when you get there, uh, you guys, like, you go to this, like, um, the swamp before you get there. It's called the Flower Fields of Perpetua or something. So before uh, Glenn hit the Grand Grimoire, it was, like, actually a field of flowers and, a, like, a nice prairie or something. I don't know. Uh, but then the damage from the Grimoire somehow warped, like, ether energy and changed this area from flower fields to a swamp. And so it's it's dangerous now, and all the plants are mutated, all the animals are mutated and shit. But you, you fight your way through there, and you fight your way through this, like, underground cavern, and then you get to the monastery. And uh, you find some books that were written by some monks uh, a long time ago, and they talk about the Grand Grimoire, uh, or they talk about a Grimoire. So, uh, but it's not necessarily the Grand Grimoire yet that you guys are figuring out, but they used to have a grimoire in the treasury at this monastery and for some reason one of the monks decided to give it as a gift to the kingdom of Terran 50 years ago but nobody knew how strong it was or like what it was intended to be and as you're like learning all this information party gets attacked by uh, Frederick's army but then uh this other sky armor comes in and it's all in black and it's got some red accents on it and it's you've seen it before i think it's uh one of the church sky armors so uh this sky armor distracts the army and the whole party escapes back to the underground caverns but on the oh and also you fought the uh gang of thieves there at one point because they're chasing you in there so you fight them off before the army catches up to you but then uh, you, you fight your way back out and when you get back to the flower fields of perpetua you get caught by the army and you get taken prisoner and you get put onto the airship i think it's the like the flagship airship and uh len is at this point like officially disowned by frederick and he's like all right i'm just gonna kill you that we don't have to do with you anymore and i'm gonna kill your friends too but uh your party manages to uh, escape bondage because they don't know that Bathrak. Uh, so Bathrak is special because he's been cursed. He's got a cursed pack, pact, where he doesn't have any arms and legs, but he can control metal freely. So he is able to like conjure weapons and uh, kill the guards, and your party uh, escapes Which bondage. Uh, side note, like the whole thing that cursed him or gives him that curse, like they make it seem like there's going to be some resolution to that and that never happens. No. Like, uh, like you learn more about the curse later and like how he got that, but uh, they leave it for like a potential part two thing, maybe. For him and Amalia. Yeah. Um, so you break out of captivity, you free Len, and then you uh, on your way out, your plan is to steal bat steal the grand grimoire and then also steal an airship to get out of there and you do manage to get the grand grimoire i believe and you manage to get an airship but on your way out uh killian decides that he's going to take len hostage because he actually has been contracted by an outside country that's not on the uh continent of landis to Which is super confusing uh, you're like what is going on now yeah this came out of nowhere <laughs> They're like, so, okay, like this isn't the whole world. This is just this continent, but they don't really show like a map, so it's like you have no sense of like 
where this country is, like what this world is like and no i hate like that's kind of stuff that takes me out of it I'm like what i don't like you can't just like, throw like, a name in there and like you're from this country and like okay they kind of hint at like there being another war outside of this country like this continent and then they finally settled whatever war that was going on outside on the other continents and so the winning continent country is coming to claim Volandis because I guess it's a nice in the middle of the other continents country continent thing <laughs> that they can use as like a staging port or a staging location to fight against these other continents and countries and shit yeah. and so Killian says that his he ran out of his family's money months ago and he's been working contracted with another country uh recently when they went to Tormund, he got contacted to do a job uh to kidnap the princess so that he could pay back his debts i guess so uh he takes the princess hostage len but then she fights off fights him off and i can't remember if he has the grimoire at this point i don't think he does i think the party still has it but they get on the airship and they leave uh and so that's the end of act one and the story gets a little more straightforward from here. Yeah, like that. This whole first act is like so convoluted. Like this is the worst part of the game, where it's like so many things are happening, and it just feels like he couldn't figure out how to get the beginning started. Like get everything started and everyone together, and then set up his ending. Like I, yeah, I see what he like. I understand why he did some of these things, but the way. It comes across when you pl you're playing it. It's like so overwhelming and confusing that it almost makes you not want to play the game. I mean, there, there's like good character moments and stuff between the cast and everything, but the overarching story is like like you're like I don't understand half of this shit. Well, yeah, and uh, the audience is in the same boat as Glenn, where nobody knows what's going on but other characters know what's going on and they he keeps asking questions and they're like oh it's not time for you to know yet uh and then they they say later that uh the reason why the, the character can't know this information yet and it's because of echoes which is what the game's named after uh and so i kind of mentioned the maelstrom earlier so i'll just kind of briefly go over this and then get back to like the plot but in this world this universe or whatever all the souls of every creature go into this place in the afterlife called the maelstrom where all the souls kind of like flow together and ether uh like builds up there i guess so like magic builds up into this maelstrom thing and uh each creature that gets sent from Maelstrom to react like the world, real world to be born again. Uh, takes a bit of the ether away from the Maelstrom or the magic, whatever the fuck it is. I can't remember the term they use. But because of the way that the population has been increasing of humans and other creatures, I guess, uh, every creature born is born with less magical ability like as the years go on because there's so many souls being born that they don't... I guess have time to convalesce in the maelstrom and build up the magical energy or whatever the, the deal is. 
And so sometimes when somebody dies, their soul doesn't go back to the Maelstrom. It just immediately gets reborn into another uh, body. And that new body can have memories of the past life, and that's called the Echo. So... But I thought it was I thought it was not like random. It's just you have to like there's a technique you have to do. No, it's so there, you can either have a technique or it could be random. Oh. If you use a technique, you're guaranteed to do it. Okay. Um, so that's how they've been doing it with Len and the Maidens, and also with Glenn. Uh, but because before they mentioned it before that like there's some people that were born with memories of their past lives. So it, it it's a it's a naturally occurring thing randomly. Okay. But then you can force it with the ceremony or the song or whatever the fuck, the ritual. Yeah. To guarantee that you are reborn with your memories in the future. But so the issue is if you're an echo and your your current I guess your current self or whatever is not ready to have Remember. the the memories of the echo, it causes this like mental, mental break thing yeah. and you die. Yeah. Uh like you're overwhelmed with the information or some shit and you just die. So they mentioned a lot uh, like Victor and Fothraz mention a lot that they've accidentally killed people before because they told them too much or something happened. They say there's and... one, there's someone else that he knew that they told him. Uh, his... but there's like another maiden before Len. Yeah. There's other, there's got... other maidens and they told him the past and she died. Yeah. So uh, when you die, like if you die that way, your soul goes back to the maelstrom and obviously you can't get the, uh, the, memories of the echoes back and so that's important because there's a bit of this i guess a cult uh for lack of a better word uh called the is it's it the cult of leonard what the hell is it called like it. it's not the church it's so there's this group of people called leonard uh something leonard and like many 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 millennia ago they fought off this thing called the harbinger which was dead set on destroying the world and so uh, the people wish... alive at that time maybe because there wasn't a good explanation but like they didn't really explain what the harbinger is or what it like it was a man-made or is it naturally occurring or i don't yeah i have no fucking clue it's just the big bad. it's just it's it's just the big bad that has the power to destroy everything and so uh the people the leonar worked with this other race of of I guess humanoids, humans called the Vian, Vein, something. Vein or something. However you, however you pronounce it. And uh, they were able to seal the Harbinger way into the Maelstrom. But as part of that, I guess, pact, all of the Vian went from being uh, mortal to being immortal spiritual creature things, like in another dimension where they were able to watch over the world, but also watch over the Maelstrom. But they couldn't physically interact with anything anymore uh or something and then every like 100 years or a thousand years they uh wipe out human it's a bunch of humanity to keep the population low to keep the prison of the harbinger in the maelstrom strong uh and the characters don't know that so <laughs> when the Vians show up and they're like, oh, we got to destroy the world. Everybody's like, oh, they're evil because they keep killing humanity. Yeah, and that's just but, keep the Harbinger uh, trapped. Yeah, they're just trying to keep the Harbinger trapped. But then, uh, I guess I'll just explain it now. Uh, the characters end up deciding that the Vian are better off stopped because 
every time they wipe out humanity, they might be keeping the Harbinger trapped inside the Bellstrom, but they're not giving humanity a chance to develop a way to fight and potentially kill the Harbinger later and save everybody or whatever. Yeah. So that becomes the the reason for the end of the game. Like the 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 characters to do what they gotta do to kill Leviathan and That's the main uh, whatever. That's the final plot uh drive is to stop the vein uh so that way that humanity can keep, continue on because they're basically after a certain point they're trying to destroy the world you're on and so you're trying to stop them but we're not there yet uh, we're still doing no. convolu- we're still in the convoluted phase of this this plot so uh when act two starts that's what uh, starts, when act two starts it's when it starts to like simplify it's not so convoluted anymore, but there still is a little bit of that. Yeah, so you start in New Warrenshire, uh, I think is the name of the place. Because the, uh, the uh, thing gets dropped on the ground or something and explodes, right? The the. Uh, well, that's at the end of Act 2, right? I thought it was the end of Act 1. It's the end of Act 1? Oh, yes, yes. Because Killian uh, goes to finish it and then he drops Or no. No, Glenn does. Glenn drops it, yeah. Yeah, Glenn, so... That's right. So Glenn, they do. You, your party does end up getting the Grand Grimoire, and the plan is they're gonna go and use it on Frederick, I think, to stop him from doing the war anymore or whatever. However, uh, Glenn gets a sky armor and he's got the Grand Grimoire in his hand and he's flying to the ship or whatever the fuck he's got to do. Oh, actually, no, it was because uh, Frederick had one of his generals get powered up. Using the Grand Grimoire, like somehow, you got superhuman powers, and then his goal, his mission was to fly his sky armor over uh, one of the other countries' capitals, I guess, and use the Grand Grimoire and kill everybody there. And Glenn's like, "No, we can't let that happen. We got to stop that." So Glenn managed to fight the uh, general and win and get the Grand Grimoire, but. Uh, he, gets he shot starts at, getting right? shot at yeah. by the airship cannons and stuff, and one of them hit him, and he drops Grand Grimoire onto to the ground, and it wipes out like a whole big population. Uh, yeah, like a huge amount of people. <laughs> so, so then he goes, he gets, he gets depressed again. <laughs> he gets more PTSD. Um, so he decides to quit the party and he's gonna go live by himself because he just ruins everything he touches kind of thing yeah they do another Whereas time every... jump six months later uh yeah so everybody else in the party is still like working on like fomenting a rebellion and like overthrowing frederick and saving the country and the continent uh but glenn's off by himself being depressed and he, he ends up uh in this city or this town where he's helping like five or six uh, orphan children survive. It's, it's Rob's hometown. Yeah, it's Rob. Well, it's it's one of the the cities that Rob's father like lords over. I guess I'm I'm assuming they don't show every town because they mentioned like when the Grand Gamora gets dropped, it like wipes out a couple of villages, but those aren't actually like on the map or anything. You don't ever go there. Yeah. So, uh, it may not be Rob's hometown exactly, but it's definitely one of the towns in Rob's domain. Um. Uh. Yeah, so Glenn ends up there somehow. Uh. He's like starving. He's uh, decided he's gonna end up dying. 
because he doesn't he doesn't deserve to live because he's evil, and he meets these orphans and he takes care of these orphans for a little bit, uh, but then Victor shows up with Sienna and Bothraz in some sky armors, and uh, they already are working in concert with the new queen of Warrenshire, uh, who's the sister of the queen that got assassinated. And they, so they show up to convince Glenn that they need his power, they need him to fly sky armors because he's the best sky armor pilot, and they're going to stop Frederick from being evil and shit or whatever. And uh, during all this, uh, Glenn kind of realizes that the orphan kids were not real. But then Victor, when he's there, interacts with one of them. So he's that's a little confusing because he's like, were they real or not? And it, so it turns out they were kind of real, but not really. They're manifestations because... of... Uh... Well, like, they're a manifestation of his guilt, but also he pulled actual souls from the Maelstrom somehow. So they, they actually existed, but they weren't, like, actually real at the same time. It's, like, a weird thing. Uh, but Victor can interact with them somehow, too. I don't understand. Really? But essentially the main thing is uh, Glenn has a connection with the Maelstrom because of this white door. Uh, and that will... I'll explain that a little bit later. Uh, but... Uh, because of that connection, he's able to manifest things uh, that otherwise would not be like possible, kind of thing. So, you meet up uh, with the Queen of New Warnshire, and you agree to make a adventuring clan. And you're going to use this adventuring clan as like a mobile military force to be able to like do strikes uh, at certain key locations of Frederick's army. Uh, and like that's how you're going to fight back. And so you spend some time building up your your clan and like getting recruits. And uh, your first mission is to rescue the princess Amalia from uh, where she's been taken prisoner uh, because she's been also leading a group of uh, rebels from Farnsport. And your goal is to make an alliance between Farnsport and New Warnshire because they weren't allied already for some fucking reason. And uh, while you're doing that, I guess the Queen of Warnspire is also going to be building up, or Warnshire is going to be building up forces there, and, like making uh, deals with people on other continents and other countries to kind of get uh, resources and build their rebellion army up. Uh, so you save Amalia, and uh, while, you, well, while you're in the process of like getting that done, you go to Basil and you learn that that place was uh, burned down because Frederick has been pretty much uh, killing everybody that's been rebelling uh, or not it's just uh, agreeing with him because they've won the war uh, yeah after yeah, after Glenn dropped the Grand Grimoire it like wiped out a bunch of places in Warnshire and everybody just gave up they stopped fighting pretty much it's like and then from that point uh, anybody that who didn't agree with uh, Terran's policies has pretty much been executed and their town's been burned down and Basil was one of them so you go back there, there's nothing left in the town and uh, you find the goat butler dude and he's the contact that has been staying in Farnsport so you learn about Amali being kidnapped and whatever, so you go to Farnsport uh, you meet 
her like head general of the army and uh they originally he really originally thinks that you're like with the Terran army so he doesn't want to join you but then you fight off some guards or some I guess Terran army soldiers and you prove your your loyalty I guess to the rebellion cause and then uh, you go and have a mission where you uh, rescue Amalia and during that like conveniently you get attacked by soldiers all the time like they know where you are so somebody's like oh there must be a spy uh, in the party and we'll figure out who that is later but then you save Amalia and on your way out you get attacked by Mathai again and you find out that the little goat butler dude has been the spy the whole time uh, and he's like his reasoning is he works he doesn't see it as betrayal because he was working for whoever's in charge yeah. he's like he's a I guess, I guess he gets off on being like subservient or whatever, and he wants to just serve the highest authority. So he doesn't see that he betrayed anybody because he's been working for the highest authority, and that's what's right or something. Anyway, his reasoning's weird, but uh, he, he escapes, and I don't think you ever see him ever again. But uh, Mathai shows up, and you fight and kill him because he's like. Uh, merge with this tank thing, or like he's in this tank. It's like a giant half sky armor, half tank thing. You fight that off, and then uh, he gets like I guess blown up and like mortally wounded from that fight. And the curse guy shows up, and he makes a pact with Mathai. And I don't know what Mathai gives up, but he gives up something because that's part of the the way the curse thing works. And uh, he gets these, like, god power things, sort of. Like, he gets this weird halo, and he, like, mutates. Uh, so I'm not really sure what the fuck his power was, besides being stronger. Uh, but anyway, you kill him. And uh, after that, uh, I think you go back to New Warrenshire with Amalia. And you officially make the uh, like Rebellion Army, like, a, a thing. Because you start getting support from everybody. Is that when you get your island, or is that before or after? What's that? Is that when you get your island, or you get that before? That's before. So at the start of Act Two, you get your island, you get your sky armors, and you get your airship. Okay. Because that's when you make your clan. And uh, oh, so now you your clan to... has got. What's that? Oh, because you go, Glenn. You have to go up the mountain, and that's when you get your ship. Yeah. Yeah. Because Glenn, and then you convince Glenn because uh, he wants to figure out how to destroy the Grand Grimoire. That's why. That's how you convince him to come with you. I think so because he doesn't want anybody else to die from it or something. Yeah. And he, like I've, I've been responsible for so much death. It's my responsibility to make sure it doesn't ever get used again or something. Yeah. Uh. And at this point, yeah. like I think Glenn's a pretty weak character at this point. Like. I, yeah. He's pretty like. I don't know. Like you, you definitely killed a bunch of people. So he's, just, I, I, they make him like pretty irredeemable, or, or make it seem like he's you know not a good leader. But then they want him to be the leader, like of the of the clan, which is also like kind of weird to me. Well, Vi Victor does. Oh, Victor does. Okay, that makes sense because Victor knows who he really is. 
Yeah. So. Okay, that does make sense. But but Glenn keeps at like they have all these scenes with with Victor and Bothras, and they're like, yeah, we're with the orderly and are, and we know stuff that we can't tell you, right. but trust us, and everything will be okay. So like they make themselves seem kind of sketchy, and you're in the same boat as Glenn, where you're like, why can't you just fucking tell me, dude? Like. Yeah. Why? I, I always I don't understand. That, I always thought like at the beginning, I thought they were the spies, you know, because yeah. They knew each like once he found out they like knew each other like oh, maybe they're the ones like that are the spies for the other other country. So that would that definitely makes sense. And also, I can't remember if at this point Gwen starts being nice to your party or not. Well, Gwen's the one. The Gwen the, you find out Gwen's the one behind the door somehow. Yeah, but I think that's in Act Three. Okay. I can't remember exactly when it happens, but uh, like Gwen starts showing up and he's like, everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Aren't you evil? And he's like, no, actually, I'm, he I'm here to help you guys. And like, he'll show up randomly because he can teleport and do all kinds of shit. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll give you guys some advice and uh, I'll help you out. And uh, so part of this is after you save Amalia, uh, I can't remember if there's something else in between this, but you decide that you're going to attack. Uh, the capital, Tormund, and uh, you're gonna go steal the Grand Grimoire back. Yeah, because you've because the queens rallied like the uh, other countries to help you, and yeah, you're gonna so, go like, like she's the distraction as you go and infiltrate the castle to get the Grand Grimoire. Yes, and uh, so you do that, and on your way in there, Gwen and his girlfriend June show up, and you fight them. But they just play around with you the whole time. Like the battles, it's a boss battle, but not really. Yeah. It's it's like it's an unwinnable battle that you win. Like if I don't know if that makes sense, but it's all it's pretty much just it could have been a cutscene, right? Uh, where you like you just keep hitting this dude and or the girl, and then they'll do shit like, oh, uh, June powers up and she gets like infinite turns, and then she's like, just kidding. And so like some of that was kind of funny. But it is also just dragging on too long. Uh, but you finish the fight, and Gwen's like, "Oh no, you beat us! Now we can't stop you from getting the Grand Grimoire in this room right behind us." Uh, so your party goes in there and gets it. Um, and I think also Frederick is there, and he has these two night guards with him. If I if this is the right place, yeah, and then you beat, uh, you beat them pretty easily. You beat you beat the guards, and then uh, the Valkyrie chick shows up, and so uh, you met this girl before, kind of like uh, I think uh, at the end of Act One or something. At some time, at some point, Glenn is attacked in his sky armor by the these flying uh, women with spears called Valkyries, and Len uh, like. Uh, inter like interferes on the on uh, Glenn's behalf and stops them from attacking him, and he, so he can go do his thing. I think that's in Act One. So you meet these Valkyrie people again, but this time it's the head girl. I think her name's Maria. Um, and she shows up and kills Len. Uh, because she thinks Len's a traitor to the the country. And the whole uh, time, Gwen's telling you like, "Hey, d don't let it happen," and you just don't yeah. listen to him. Like, whatever you do, don't let anybody die and shit or whatever. And everybody just lets Len die. Uh, but then, so Len dies, and 
these three uh, creatures like show up. And they're like, oh man, this is the end of the world. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to destroy everything and hope for the best the next go around or something like that. Uh, but then one of them notices that Glenn is still because they stop time, and as Glenn's dying, and Glenn is still like able to move. So they're like, oh wait, maybe we can sacrifice our lives and turn back time ten seconds and have this kid uh, save Len so we don't have to destroy the world again or something. So they do that and they explain to the Glenn that he needs to stop Len from dying. So it's like time rewinds back ten seconds and Glenn uh, successfully protects Len. Um, Wayne shows up, right? Yeah, I think Gwen shows up, and uh, I can't remember if the party gets the Grand Grimoire. I don't think so. I thought they did at this yeah, point. Yeah, actually, they do. Yeah, you get it, and you leave uh, because you, you somehow, I guess, incapacitate Maria and Frederick or something. Or he's like, oh, just take it and go. So, I can't remember exactly, but you get it, and you leave. Um, and then after this, uh, I think you meet up at the church? City? Does that sound right? Or do you go to Shambhala first? Uh, church, I think, first, then Shambhala. Oh, no. Uh, no, you go to Shambhala first. Because you go to the church oh, after yeah. you learn about the evil Shambhala has shit the, they do. Has the church has the monsters that they make on there. Yeah. That's... Yes. I can't remember why you go to Shambhala other than. Oh, so I think that at this point, uh, Len starts getting memories back of her being the maiden. Yes. Uh, and she's been getting memories back at a, a way faster rate than Glenn has. Glenn hasn't gotten any back. Uh, and so you get you randomly get these flashbacks of uh, this girl named Len in the past uh, who's part of this church with the Order of Leonar uh, with this guy named Timothy. And so they kind of give you like a bait and switch where they they make you think Glenn might be Timothy. Yeah, uh, so they do this like for a while. It's a it's a really stupid bait and switch because they put you in his perspective like you are him, and they're like, yeah. "Oh no, it was not him." But it's like, then why how why'd you put me in that perspective? That's like it's such a cop out. Well, yeah, some of it doesn't make sense because the van guy wouldn't wasn't isn't there for all of it. Yeah, all the stuff. Know, but then they're like, on. yeah, but they're like, oh yeah, it's actually your van the whole time. And but I'm like, there's definitely some scenes where he wasn't there, like when he. When Len gets stabbed and Van stays in the room and Timothy and Len leave, they show the whole scene of Timothy going and getting the priest to prepare for the ritual. And then once Len's gone, then Van comes in. So he, there's no way he would have those memories right. because he wasn't there yet. So it's not it's not 100% like there. I get what he was going for, but it's not Doesn't translate. more accurate. Yeah. So uh, you get these memories, and one of, and all the memories uh, Len gets, she keeps seeing this tree that's uh, like floating in the sky on this island thing or something. And uh, she's she's drawn pictures of it ever since she was a kid, so she knows there's some significance to it. And so uh, the whole party decides to go there and figure out what the hell is going on with that and uh, like what it means. And uh, I think Victor and Bothraz already know, but they're like, yeah, this is a good idea, let's go. Uh, so the whole party goes there to Shambhala, which is like this floating islands place. 
and make it through the area and you learn that there's a bird village there that's uh own that kind of i guess enslaved to the church because the church saved them from monsters once so now they spent centuries protecting the island and it's the church of secrets but then they realized that they were just being used the whole time they were the ones that the monsters were released they released the monsters in the first place yeah so the villagers then uh and like entrust their hopes and dreams to you your party pretty much uh because they all killed themselves and uh the only one left is eagle who's the uh who's a bird guy who can't fly who was sent to train with this knight that worked for the church i guess a couple centuries ago and he's like the subject of a bunch of uh stories that rob read as a kid so he loves the the knightly thing uh so that's how him and eagle kind of have a bond but uh, when you're on the island, you learn that the church has been manufacturing monsters and then releasing them into the world. So they're the source of the monster problem. And then also when you get to the end of the factory or facility, you find this like, big lump of flesh thing. And the scientists are all talking about how it's able to hold so much ether. And uh, Gwen shows up and like you learn a lot of stuff about the Order of Lenar and like the history of the maidens and their the responsibility that they have is to pass down uh, memories uh, from generation to generation because they need somebody alive every millennia after the world gets destroyed by the Vian to know like the past and what happened so they could keep the goal of destroying the Harbinger in mind, I guess. Uh, so yeah, once you go there, you destroy the facility, and your party decides to go to, directly to the church and, I guess, figure out what's going on, because uh, they obviously have some kind of connection with the Harbinger. And uh, Victor and Bothros say that the church was an extension of the Order Leonar, like the Order Leonar made the church to help, uh, I guess, keep this story alive of the Harbinger and the need to defeat it and stuff like that. So they're like, all right, that's a good next step. So you go there, um, and Len, uh, Len is like the order of like the the church's obsession because she's the reincarnation of the maiden who is like the figure point of uh, it's like the queen or not the queen Mary, uh, the mother Mary or whatever of the religion of uh, this church thing where she's like the. Uh, I didn't understand. The, this is the part I didn't understand. Like, why was she, like, why was she so important? Because there's like other maidens, and like, in all the flashbacks, she was just some like she was pretty new to the no. order, right? Yeah. And uh, well, she's the only one still alive, I guess. Is that the only reason she's the only maiden that still like? Has trained? the other one that it still has an echo? I think because all the other ones are killed or something. Okay. I don't know how they know this, but apparently there's only one left. Evidently. I definitely don't, I don't remember that part. So I was just like, why is she so important? Like, I don't understand. Like, she didn't seem that important in the flashbacks. Just, she was just another one. And she, yeah. But she has like, she, she had like, she's, well, she's one of the ones from the very beginning. She's the oldest, oh, too. Oh, okay. So they didn't show any of the older flashbacks. They're just the most recent one. No, I think they just say it in some throwaway lines that are like, oh, yeah, she's the oldest one. And also, they're like the only one left or something. And she had the three other 
And to tease it. The Guardian Vians that were, I guess, they got killed off when she was stabbed by Marie. Yeah. Maria. But they don't know that yet. No. So, uh, there's like a, so there's two sections of the church too. There's the church itself and then like this uh, other, I can't remember the name of it, but this other like technological side that's run by some guy named Marcus, I think. And he's the guy that the sky armor that you encountered at the monastery is working for, like directly under him. And also the Pope works for him and pretty much everybody works for him. And uh, when Len and the party get there uh, to the church island place, that's a floating, it's pretty much a giant floating airship thing. Uh, she gets taken to have special treatment uh, where she's like interviewed by Marcus and the Pope and whatever. Everybody else in the town just kind of explores the town. Uh, then you learn that uh, Marcus is apparently working with the Vian to find a weapon to destroy the Harbinger. So she, he convinces Len to go along with him and so the, they can find the weapon to kill the Harbinger. And this whole time, Gillian's working with the church. Like after chapter one, he like yes. becomes like a squire or knight or something. And he's just trying to get. He's just trying to find more power that he can, and you figure out the way to do that was to join the church. But then he like double crosses the church, and lets the king. Yeah. Well, so what happens is he's using the church as like a means to an end because he still needs like power. This is the way to get power, and somehow he gave the church information about something. That's how he got a special position in in the church. Uh, cause yeah, before this, even before this happens, like you have, like you get a letter from Achillian to, for Glenn to meet him alone in New Warrenshire because the church has been funding the town's reconstruction and you meet up with Killian there and he's talking about how he's joined the church because he's going to do anything, whatever it takes to save the world and whatever and get power. And Glenn's like, this ain't the way to do it. You have to, like, do it my way or whatever. We'll figure out the right way to do it. This is the way you're doing it is wrong. So they get to argument about the ideology and stuff there. Uh, but I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how he joins the church, but I remember he gives the that one guy the some information or something, something valuable. So he gets a good position there. Yeah, that, you know, that's apparently worth a lot. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, and then at some point, I think it's on Shambhala, your party, uh, uh, runs into Wyatt, who's like the head inquisitor, and Killian, and, uh, they have to give over the Grand Grimoire, and then they get escorted to the church area, and then, uh, Killian obtains the Grand, like, is the one that gets given the Grand Grimoire, Oh to, yeah, like for gatekeeping. Yeah, they capture you, and you're like, "Well, I don't like this is mass destruction. Don't do anything." And they're like, "Well, it's the safest with us." And then like, "Here, Killian, you take this." And he immediately goes and gives it back to the king. Yeah, he 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 betrays the church and goes back to the king because he's like, "I want the same power that the generals have." Right. So imbue me with power, and I'll serve you and whatever. And Frederick's like, "Uh, well, first... I need you to do something for me to prove your your value or whatever. Your loyalty. Uh, yeah. And then we'll you'll get your reward. 
So basically, uh, he's going to have to use the Grand Gamora on the church. Yes. So uh, while that's happening, uh, your your whole party's at the church, and then Frederick. Oh, because uh, Killian goes and he, he not only gives them the grimoire, but he also gives them information like where the church is. I guess it was hidden or something. Yeah, because it's a flying continent, basically, yeah. or country or town, flying town, basically. And so they yeah. keep moving spots, but then they f- gives them a way to find them. And yeah, so the so then Frederick and his, sets his army on the church, and then the church gets attacked. Uh, and as it's going down, um, Len is taken by Marcus and the Pope to, uh, I guess, be ex- escorted somewhere else on an airship. But your party meets up with him, and Bothros. The first thing he does is he kills the Pope immediately. Like there's no com- uh, conversation or nothing. He just kills the Pope, and then goes to kill Marcus. But Marcus escapes. Uh, then your party gets together, and you all escape as well. Uh, then I think Killian goes to try to use the Grand Grimoire, but then he gets shot down or something. I can't remember exactly what happens to him, but he dies. He pretty much dies. He changes his mind like at the last second because he thinks about Glenn and his sister. That's right. He's like, oh, That's right. he like has a change of heart basically. Yeah, he's right about to use it. He has a change of heart, then he gets shot down. And Gwen finds, gets his body and the Grand Grimoire, and he's like, well, this guy was a disappointment. Uh, because Gwen's whole thing is he wants people to use the Grand Grimoire to power it up so they can use it against the Vine. Yeah. Um, I think this is the end of Chapter 2, or Act 2? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, so then, Act 3. Uh, Gwen is now super buddy-buddy with the party because he's trying to get Glenn to use the uh, Grand Grimoire, but also... Uh, he's been like training him to be his replacement somehow uh, for many many centuries. And this is what uh, kind of like uh, Glenn's backstory because he has like the headache and then he remembers. Yeah, and then you have to go into his brain. I think yeah, that's around this time. You do the Velandra uh, and you have to go into his mind. Yes. So essentially, what's going on is uh, Glenn's getting his echo memories back. But uh, he thinks he's Timothy. And Len is like, no, you're not Timothy, dude. And so uh, then you like you. You get like the flashbacks and you learn that. Uh, so in the past. Uh, Len was engaged to be married to this like noble son who's like, I guess, worthless piece of shit. A drunk. Yeah. And uh, probably an abuser, but we don't know for sure. Anyway, she did not love him. She loves Timothy, who was the one of the priest teachers there, and so their plan was they were going to elope and uh, like be happy and be married and whatever the fuck else. And uh, Van didn't like that, so he went to stab Timothy, but uh, Len got in the way, so she was stabbed. And so the only way to save her life and her echo was to do the ritual early to transfer her soul into a a body in the future and the, the goal was timothy was going to go with her and they were going to meet up in the future and uh live out their love at that point whenever they met up but uh so so to force this to happen for the because the priest there's a they have to go see a priest and he's going to do this ritual and uh normally only maidens do this but 
Timothy stabs himself so that he can say, so he can be like, all right, either you let me die or you send my soul into the future or whatever. So the priest is like, okay, we'll do Len first and then we'll do you. So they do, they send Len off. The priest probably be like, okay, you're just going to die then because it's like not, like, doesn't make any, like, that, that doesn't make any sense to just let him go. Like, oh, you're just going to kill yourself? Now I have to save you. We're like, no, that was dumb. Now you're just going to die because it's not, I'm not, I could get in trouble for, you know, uh, making you an echo. <laughs> so sure, but that's like a a logical way of thinking it. The guy could have been a really nice guy, I guess. You don't know. Sure, sure. No, no. Um, but so he agrees to do the ritual for both of them. He sends Lynn off. As he's in the middle of doing it for Timothy, Van comes in and pushes Timothy out of the way, and presumably Timothy just dies. Uh, and Van goes in his echo because he's like, uh, if. I can't have her. Nobody can have her, kind of thing. Uh, I guess. And he's like, "She's mine. Uh, she's my property. All this kind of shit." So he knocks Timothy out of the way of the ritual, takes his place, and his soul gets sent forward. But his soul gets sent forward like almost every generation. It feels like because. Uh... Yeah. Well, you, at first they make it seem like he should like uh, Glenn was just a piece of shit. And, yeah. Like, oh man, he's. He's even a worse character now because <laughs> he was right. I was like, God damn. <laughs> but the twist is he had like three other lives after that. And he like redeems himself. By being... He's had more than that. They just only, they talk about four. I think you got the fireman, you got Bartholomew, uh, you got some random kid uh, that was an orphan that he had the technology. Uh, he made the technology of like for the printing press. Yeah. Yeah, he's done all kinds of shit. So he had many, many lives, and all the stories that uh, Victor based his plays off of were from the ones, uh, the, the lives that were lived by uh, Glenn. Oh, yeah, because his, like one of his first lives back is he lets uh, Victor, gives him a scholarship or creates a scholarship so he can become a mage. And he's like, I owe you my life, all, all your lives, or something like that. And so Victor learns the uh, spell to transfer, make him an echo. And so every time he's about to die, Victor echoes him on to the next life. So that's how it keeps on echoing. Yeah. And uh, he, he makes it his life goal pretty much to uh, be, I guess, not a slave to Glenn's echo, but like he... Every time he comes back, he takes it, care he, of him. He sends the echo forward and then spends his time looking for the next instance of the echo. Because he's trying to get back to Lynn. And yeah, to, he's trying to make to it up to Lynn or whatever. Because he like by the time she does come back, uh, he keeps trying to make up his failures in life, I guess, from the past life. Yes. Yeah. So every time he comes back, uh, he's a good person, pretty much. Like he's saves hundreds of thousands of people or whatever through the course of his life. His lives, yeah, and then and that's kind of balanced by him taking thousands of lives for the Grand Grimar <laughs> in this current iteration. So he creates that magic school to you know, which is weird. It's kind of confusing. Oh, I don't think he makes the the school. I think he just works there. He's one of the teachers. He just, he's, he's just one of the best, like, best teachers or something like that. Yeah, he's like the best teacher, and everybody loves him and shit. Uh, and Gwen was also a student of his. Which is doesn't make sense because Gwen was like unless he did it on purpose, because he's like the oldest, like humanoid or something. Like they explain later in the game. 
Well, he's actually a, a true god or true king or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think he lives forever because of that. He's like the true king of willpower or something. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a random lore thing that we just we just brought up, but there's like nine, eight or nine kings that they introduce at like randomly in the game. There's like for no reason. <laughs> This, this dragon that lives on the bottom of the destroyed magical city. There's this random thing that lives in the sky that shows up every once in a while. Nobody knows what it is. The there's something. Moon. Yeah, there's something in the water that makes the waves. There's something like a giant boar that makes mountains. And there's, there's all kinds of random creatures that are that are considered true kings because they're so strong. Like they have so much power and shit. Um. Yes, but then. Uh, Bartholomew, which is Glenn's, one of his lives, uh, made it so that he would be continually going to the future to save, or to make it up to Glenn. Uh, but uh, current Glenn's Echo uh, is having issues resolving all the damage he did to the world now, and his past life and Echo stuff. So it already saves him. Um, and he becomes like a better person because he, I guess, incorporates his memories and beliefs from his past lives where he was confident. Yeah. And, he becomes uh, a more well-rounded character, but it takes like all game, which I, yeah. I get it. I mean, I think that payoff was worth it at the end, but it just, for a lot of the game, you're like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, he's whiny. He doesn't really want to be like doing anything, but he wants to like save the world, but he's like, I'm too weak to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, so yeah, you get everybody back. I think everybody's fixed and like your party's ready to keep going. And I think this is when, uh, the, so the, so while Frederick is attacking the church, the rebellion, uh, the rebels take over the continent. Uh, they take over Terran and they capture the headquarters, like Tormund. So and Frederick then, doesn't have a home base anymore. And then he starts ki killing his generals basically because they're like, I don't want to, like, because he's like, they go to this tower and they're like, well, we'll just destroy, you know, the ta like our our city. And they're like, well, all our family's there. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, we gotta do it for the kingdom. And he's like. But then they're like, "What? What? Like you're going really crazy now." <laughs> yeah, like, uh, wait, we're not that evil. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the two generals, like, uh, there's the three generals. Two of them, uh, betray Frederick, and the the one, the jelly guy, is like, "No, I'm loyal to my king." So they kill him. Yeah, they kill the uh, jelly go... guy. It's like all these like battles that would have been fun to fight. Like they just like take them off the board, and you don't ever get to like. The satisfaction of actually fighting them yeah which i thought was a miss like they should at least made us fight those guys right that'd be cool see what their powers were or whatever yeah um so yeah the, the two remaining generals go and uh try to kill frederick but he's like uh you do think i only let you guys get powered up i got powered up too and his power is that he can uh block magic like one of the space random or whatever and then turn off their powers basically yeah uh, and then Gwen kills them, I think, yeah, uh, with his magic powers. And uh, your party gets there, and uh, Gwen betrays Frederick because he wants uh, Glenn to use the Grand Grimoire to kill a bunch of people and shit. Still, uh, and then you get to the top, 
and Frederick's like, okay, I lost, but actually I've been doing this to be the big bad guy and I'm going to kill myself. He's like, look at the country, it's finally all uh, together, and I did it just so the country would finally join forces and I had to be the big bad guy before that Yes. But literally the cutscene before this, he's still talking about how he's going to annihilate everybody. Right. So it's like, where did this come from? Yeah. You you should have had a scene of him talking to somebody, not your mate, your party. Somebody being like, hey, uh, the final steps are, like the the plan's almost done. Uh, I can take a step back now. I'm ready to die or or whatever. Like, not just talk to the party this way. Like, to make it seem sincere, it has to be talked to people that aren't the party. Right. Because otherwise it just feels like, oh, I just made this up, like you said before. So um, so he dies. The Everybody, the continent's finally at peace or whatever. There's like rebuilding happening. Um, but then your party, or Gwen convinces your party that they need to still kill the Vayan uh, because the Vayan are bad. And that's the only way to uh, save the world from being destroyed by them and then you can worry about fighting the harbinger later thing uh and i think at this point like you are also shown killian is still alive except he's actually a ghost embodying like have have uh like living in armor now yeah and uh he's like yeah i've been made the um successor to Gwen, uh because glenn was the failed successor yeah for whatever reasons I guess probably because he doesn't want to use the Grand Grimoire or some shit. Right, but then uh, Gwen touches the Grimoire, which uh, lets the what are they called uh, th- lets them know where he's at, and then they release like this giant fireball to like destroy the world. Yeah, and also it's they summon. Oh no! First they they summon this giant champion. Yes, thing. and you use the, then you use the Grimoire use the Grimoire to kill it. Yeah, because you're forced to. Uh, Gwen forces your hand because he's like, "Well, if you're not going to use this to kill a bunch of people, then uh, I'll make you get the power somehow." And oh. so then he touches the grimoire, and the 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 vine like, "Oh, the thief, the thief!" And then so they summon the champion, and your party's like, "Fuck!" Uh, so you use the thing on the champion, and you absorb all the ether energy out of that or whatever. And the vine are like, "Oh, you killed our champion, but that's cool. We'll just make a new one." And destroy the world, and the or whatever, uh, and something. So there's some of the meteor, the fi- giant fireball. But then Gwen, I guess, uses a lot of his power to stop the fireball and like stop time for that thing or whatever. Yeah. And so you're on a time limit, and you have to go to where the gate is to access the world where the Vianar, and that happens to be the the city of Nisa, which is the mage city that they've talked about all game, which existed centuries ago or. Millennia ago or something. Uh, no, it's it's five hundred years ago or something like that. Uh, and they did some shit they weren't supposed to, so the city sank into the into like a crevice, like a couple miles down below Earth. Um, so your party uh, has to do a side quest to find a way to the entrance of the city, and this NPC opens the gates eventually. So you get down there. You find the NPC like almost dead from being uh, assaulted by the gang of thieves that have been like chasing Sienna this whole time, and you make your way through the 
to like through this area, this dungeon. Which you find note, the deeds. What, what happens to her? Because then she's like, "Oh, the oh, you're here," and then like they never see her again, right? Or do I miss? Did I miss something? No, Amalia heals her, and then she just leaves. I guess she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna explore this place on my own and write my research paper or whatever the fuck about it." Okay. So I think she just like I think she just goes into the 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 place and like does research, and you just never see her again. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so you go through the the town, you fight off monsters, and then you find the gang of thieves in a warehouse where they're like ransacking it. And because you're looking for keys to open a gate to get into the actual academy, uh, and then you kill the gang of thieves, which I was not expecting, but like you actually kill them. Uh, Finally. And then like Sienna's like, oh, this would have happened if you guys weren't greedy or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> But then you go and pick up all their money on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, yep, so then you make your way into the academy. Uh, you make your way down to the gate where the vine are. And uh, as as you get there, Gwen's like, uh, he has his big speech prepared where he's going to give all his uh, like abilities to Glenn because he's tired of being alive or whatever the fuck. Uh, and he needed a successor. He's weakened now because he's been alive forever, so he has to pass his power on to Gwen. Or, okay. Or to Glenn because he's been conditioning him for all his lives or something like that, right? Yeah, something to be able to or, take the power no, this, on. He's been conditioning him in this life, but Killian's been with him, so he kind of gets some of the that runoff, I guess. Uh, well, I think he was planning on giving it to Killian after Glenn refused and then realized that Glenn is still the only one that would work with or something. Yeah. So he's like, so Killian got pissed off because he's like, Oh, I thought I was supposed to be the successor. And then stabs Gwen in the back as he's given his power to Glenn and the power goes crazy and it gets absorbed into Killian. And he becomes a megalomaniac where he's like, Oh, I've got, I'm a, I'm a God. I've got all this power. I'm going to save the world. You guys just stand back and watch. So then you fight him twice uh once when he's like normal looking and then he turns into this like weird amalgamation of character like people or something there's like a tank a an archer a mage or something a healer yeah and oh the name of like the name of the leader is the name of this uh like leader of this like centuries old band like the band of the white hawk or some bullshit whoever it was uh, which he is a, it's like, so they're like a historical group and that just like books written about him or whatever. And Killian, I guess, worshiped them ever since he was a kid. Uh, so that's, I guess, a cool callback to that. If you didn't pick up on it, it's understandable because like they mentioned the name at the beginning of the game and then, then it's the name of a boss. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but you kill this thing, you kill Killian twice and then you open the, he opens the gate uh, for the vine, but everybody's not ready yet or whatever. And the vine come out and they possess Killian. Don't you use the party... Gamora? You use the Grand Gamorum, don't they? And it weakens them. So they have to like combine with Killian to like get some like to fight you off or something like that, right? Uh, I thought I thought when the, they go into him, it's they're weakened because he's he's already been weakened or something and then they're, he's fighting him off and then like you do enough damage to him and then you use the Grand Grimoire 
Okay. To, to finish him off. And then it loses all its power because uh, there's, soul, there's like no there souls was... to absorb into it. Yeah. And then it breaks and you save the world. And then, for the controversial ending, <laughs> uh, Glenn somehow it like keeps Killian alive with the powers he's got because the powers go from Killian to Glenn, so he's fully powered up. And then uh, Glenn, like, I guess I don't know if he's talking to Killian's soul or what the deal is, but he gives he's like, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be free. I, I had a pet bird, and all I knew was the walls of the the shithole town I was born into, and I let the be the bird free once because my poor mother brought home people to fuck and she told me to go to the roof and on the roof I felt bad for the bird so I let it free and I thought it would come back after all the, the ruckus died down but it went over the walls and never saw it again so I was like oh I want to be free like a bird too so he got recruited into the band of the uh, iron and was able to fly the sky armors and that he felt like he was freer but he still wasn't free like he was still trapped on this earthly plane or whatever uh, so now that he's got powers, he's like, I can truly let myself be reborn as a bird when I go, my soul is, goes into the maelstrom finally, because it's not been reincarnated 50 million times. So, Killian, I know that you have been a piece of shit betrayer this entire time, and you're power hungry, but I trust you to make the right decision uh, to steer humanity in the right direction to find a weapon to destroy the Harbingers. So here's all the power. Uh, that I just got, and uh, good luck. And so, uh, Glenn dies, <laughs> and he gets reborn as a bird, maybe. There's a red bird in the like the post credits that flies around with all the characters, and uh, Len calls it Glenn. And uh, in the in the post credits, uh, Glenn is walking around, but it's actually Killian with Glenn's face. And the other person that knows is Len because she, using her maiden powers, can sense people's souls or whatever. And she knows what Glenn's soul is like and knows that Killian's soul is different. And so knows that fake Glenn Killian is not actually Glenn. Um, but uh, everybody, and the whole party in Volandis is like doing their things. They're like living life. They're happy. They're, they're uh, trying but... to develop a weapon then to kill the Harbinger. That's the whole plan now. Yeah, and Killian's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to go to another continent now because I'm not actually Glenn. And pretty soon you guys are going to catch on that I'm not actually Glenn, so it's better for me to leave now. Right. Uh, and so he leaves um, and changes his face on a ship. And as he's doing it, he gets seen by some kid who's a stowaway. And the kid's name is June, who I guess is a reincarnation of uh, Gwen's lover or whatever the fuck she was to her yeah, they, don't really, they don't really explain they don't really explain what june is because like she can't be attacked either when you're fighting her and it's like no but then who who is she but then how is she alive i don't understand what happened there yeah how is she reincarnated like this shit doesn't really make sense it's kind of, it's it's sequel bait pretty much yeah uh yep and then so uh oh it's an important thing i guess the detail is uh Killian Glenn captures the bird Glenn and puts it in a cage and takes it on the boat. And then when she meet, he meets June, they talk about being uh, like 
caged ant like caged creatures and how they want freedom and they're like well i guess we'll start with this bird here and they open the cage and let bird bird clan fly free um and then like you get the push credit scene stuff and uh killian goes to see his coma sister and, and she miraculously one. wakes up from the coma well the i think he uses his powers uh, I think so too, but it's it's not said. The way the way it looks is like, oh, he goes to the bedside, she wakes up, and he falls on the floor crying. Right. So, I mean, it's it's more than likely he uses powers to wake her up or whatever, fix her, because he's he's a god, a true king now or whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the story. Yes, follow along. <laughs> it's it's almost. I feel like uh, when we did the Thirteen Sentinels review the story was more uh followable than this one but it's like in the moment it's easy to understand but then like he keeps throwing different things at you and it's like deuces machia here and there everywhere and it's like uh okay i mean the best like the things that you didn't really touch on it's like the character development between characters it's like really good you know they grow at their for the most part uh, the main characters at least do. Oh yeah, the, the starting six get a lot of character development, or start five or six, however many there are, and then like the the additional characters you get kind of get some character development, but not really. And then like the last four really don't get anything. Like one is like a bad guy for the most of the of the game, and then you get him in your group after the the church's like ship crashes, and then he has like yeah. some side content, and like you get okay. Eagle doesn't like really get anything, you know. He's just follows. He comes along with you because yeah, like he has nothing else to do. And uh, the other witch lady, Marigold or whatever, like she's a fairy. Like there's like the side quest part of it, but I mean it's at at the very end of the game, so it's like, what what's the point? Like why'd you even tack him on just to have all the some extra characters or something? Maybe they're gonna have some, cause like even at the end credits, like only like some like in the main scenes, only they don't even show up. Not even like Tomko or whatever his name is, right? When everyone's even when like when everyone's talking at the table in the in the clan, like they don't show up there. None of the optional characters show up. Yeah. No. But they they show up for some scenes, but then they don't show up for like the plot heavy scenes for some reason. So. Yeah, they show up on, like, like the... very minimal, like, un... yeah. Something you even have to program. <laughs> yeah. Or easily programmable scenes where it's just, like, they're there. They don't really have any words. I don't know. Uh, uh, but Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I would say the plot itself is alright, but the character development that he does, when it's there, is pretty good. Yeah, so. and I think if you, the pacing in the beginning, it's like, very like so much thrown at you and then it kind of eases back and you can kind of start figuring out wh who's what but i still never like learn the names and like this is this kind like the, the other continents and stuff always confuse me and i'm like i don't know what's important what's not i never really started to care i just really care about the characters and stop like you know stopping this guy or stopping like when there's a certain thing you got to do like, you gotta go destroy the Grand Gamor. You gotta get the Grand Gamor. You gotta stop this guy. Like, those are the, you know, straight lines. Like, okay, I know what's going on. Besides, like, the beginning where it's like, everyone's just 
has to have a reason to be together. So I think that's where the story kind of is weaker. Oh, definitely. Oh. Like it's a, the main plot line when you actually finally get it is strong. Yes. And then everything else is just dressing to kind of move shit along. Yeah. Because you need you need something. Uh, like it's it's weird. Like I like I kind of get why he did it that way. Um. But it's not really enjoyable because the only thing that has any plot relevance is the last act. Like everything else is just like circumstantial, existential shit. Like you know, like the war between everybody. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Uh, the like recruiting people doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, the only thing that matters is. Eventually, you get to the point where uh, you use the, the Grand Grimoire to get Ether and you kill Divine dudes. And uh, all the stuff with Gwen giving up his powers and shit. Which I think uh, they should have spent more time with Killian, make us kill, care more if they're going to do that twist at the end. You know what I mean? Like he, Definitely. It was, I felt I, like unearned. Like, oh, he gets to live? Like... It didn't really make it seem like Glenn didn't want to live. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he didn't want to live anymore. He wanted to be a bird. Like, yeah. you can't just drop that at the end. Like, you gotta give us some... Maybe there was something I missed, but they didn't really allude to that that much. He was trying to... Like, in the whole, like, first two chapters of the game, he's just, he's just Glenn. He's not, like, all his other characters combined. Exactly. And he still has to make that right, I feel like. And then nope uh, now that i have all my memories i've lived enough lives i apologize to len he got that off his chest you know and she didn't like forgive him so much like but she's like you made up for it type of thing with all your other lives like i i, I kind of respected that part you know like she's like i can't forgive you for the shit you did but i also like i can acknowledge that you know, no one's perfect. You've done good too. Yeah, you've done good and bad, and you're making up for it. It's not like you can just be like totally forgiven for all the mass murder you've done. Yeah. So, but which I think Glenn's mass murder was more accidental, but like his past life was, you know, a piece of shit. Well, I think that's the big thing she was referencing, like him being banned and killing Timothy. Yeah, it's like the one thing she can't forgive. Well, Timothy killed himself. Uh, he killed her. <laughs> well, t- t- I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, uh, if Timothy's he he killed Timothy's soul, I guess, or whatever the echo. Yeah, he killed his echo. He Timothy killed himself, but he took away the echo ness of it. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, I think actually, like since we we're, we've been talking about this, the he should he 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 liked switching like your point of view with characters around, like you play. It's different characters all the time. I feel like it would have benefited greatly if you had sections where you played as Killian and you could see this his motivations yeah. and what he's doing. Yeah, so you care more. Like Exactly. Like make him a, a protagonist ish thing. Right. Uh, in his own way. Like he might be an antagonist to the main cast, but he's still doing things his own way. And it would give you like his perspective on Yeah why he's doing what he's doing because instead of he, just being like oh it's Killian's back and he's being a piece of shit again yeah but because, okay. like show like results like Killian did this and because he did this it saved this 
you know, not just that he wants the power to save people because he says so. Like, show him actually doing things like that. Yeah. To make him, like, not so, like, really? Like, I don't really trust him with all this power. He's the first thing. Like, the first thing he does is go bring his sister back to life. Like that's yeah, that's not a very good start. He didn't really help anybody. Well, Gwen was selfish too, so I guess it runs with the whole uh, having the power thing. And even Glenn was selfish. He's like, I'm not gonna help the world anymore. I'm gonna go and be a bird. Yeah, he's like, no. well, I have all this power. I can just, you know, we can work. Because it's like, the Harbinger is still there. But he's like, nah, I'm I'm going to pass the buck to you, Killian. You care more than me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but he, do you really trust him after all the shit he's done? Like, that's that's where the controversial... He might have just not even given a shit anymore. He's just yeah. like, whatever. You want this, you can have it. Which I feel it's like not, there's it's not a matter of trust or whatever, but... Because he's like, I'm going to be a bird. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's definitely some issues with the story. Uh, I mean, it's it has a good points and it has the character development, but the convolutedness and like the things that are not, like they don't really pay off and then it just happened kind of take it down a notch to me. So yeah, I think it's... I want to say three or three and a half. I guess I'll give it a three and a half because I did like. Once it got going, the story was fine. It was good, but it just some things I just didn't drive with me. So yeah, three and a half. Yeah, I think I'm right around there with you. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three though. It's uh uh no no uh yeah three and a half. All right, three and a half. Uh, I don't want to mark, me, mark it down too far. <laughs> it's like it's not bad. It's like an enjoyable story. Uh, like sometimes the writing's not there, but sometimes it's really on point. Uh, there's the whole killing issues. Like I would compare this this particular narrative structure to like something like Sweet and Two, where you have uh, Rio and Joey. Yeah. Except when they flash to Joey, uh, it's not just him being like, "Oh, here, King, here's the Grand Grimoire. Make me." Like, give me power. It's like Joey being like, all right, I did this. These are the results. And uh, this is why I deserve, like, a, a new position or whatever. And then sometimes they flash to him where he's having doubts. Or he's, like, he's making relationships with other characters. And it shows that he's doing the things the way he thinks it should be done. Not just that he's trying to capitalize on getting power at any means. Because yeah. it's, it's he's doing, but he's not... Uh, it's 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 like being shown that he's got like actual human like reason and feelings behind like, I guess what he's doing as opposed to Killian just being like I'm an evil piece of shit and I'm going to betray everybody and my own principles at any moment just to have more power just so then once I have the power I can save the world but first yeah. sister <laughs> yeah so it's uh it's you know it it could have been done better but it's it's not fantastic but it's all right. I just definitely don't agree with the the choice at the end. Like I felt like there's something if you're gonna do the Killian thing you need to give us more Killian time. Uh, but the whole Glenn thing was I felt like a twist just to have a twist. He should have given it to Victor if anybody. 
Like he, the one dude who's shown he's reliable. Yeah, for sure. The whole fucking time. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, we'll start wrapping this up, guys. I know it's been f- almost four hours, but uh, <laughs> we're on our second break now. I guess if you're done, you have anything else you want to say about the story? Or no, I think I think that's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is my pick. It is Fractured Echoes, and I do believe it is like the boss fight. Uh, theme. So, enjoy. Next category, visuals. Uh, so this is usually just like uh, obviously how the game looks. And uh, do you want to start? Because I've just been talking for two hours. Or... Sure. Uh, visuals. Uh, it's what more sixteen bit or thirty two bit? Would you say there's sixteen, right? I guess I would say sixteen. Yeah. It looks like a SNES game. Um, 
it looks pretty good. I mean, I think it, it's not like uh, Octopath Traveler or anything like that, where it's like like super sharp or anything. It's more RPG Maker type type of deal, but a little bit better than that. I would say. I, I would say it's like it's like vibrant, but not dynamic. Right. Um. And you know, there's a lot of. I guess the enemies are all unique. There's not a lot of like reskins. I don't think besides like the the sky uh, armor battles. Like those are more reskins, but um, there's most most of the enemies are unique. I would say. So that that's pretty good. And they all have their unique looks. And there's all there's like every boss has a unique look. Um, they're all interesting. Um, the areas are all unique. They look cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks, I think it looks pretty good for a 16 bit game. It's not, it doesn't look amazing. Um, like I'm hoping Iodin Chronicles is going to look, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, well, I think that one's going to have the advantage of being like 2.5D, right? It's going to have yes 2D pixel characters, but then like 3D backgrounds and shit so yeah, so this is what isometric top-down view or no right i would say for this game uh i want to i don't think it's is it isometric i don't think it's isometric i think it's 2d overhead yeah because it's not like i think isometric applies to three dimensions and this one doesn't have that it's just like Up, it's down, flat but it's like at an angle it's like it's like a normal like Chrono Trigger or whatever, like yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I do say I would say like some of the visuals, like where you need to go up ladder or like the rock walls or stuff like that, weren't distinct enough sometimes where they all blended together. Some of the colors weren't vibrant enough where it's like this is separate from something else. Um, so it's one of the negatives, but for the most part, it looks good. Um. I mean, he did what he did what he could with what he had. So he made the most of. He definitely made the most of what he had to to, to deal with. So I think that gets him a little couple extra points for me. Um, so I would say for me, it's like a three and a half. Okay. Uh, I personally think this game looks fantastic. And the only thing keeping it from being a five is uh, those weird issues with things blowing into like walls and shit or whatever, and not being able to really see stuff. Because uh, I think all the animations are pretty cool. Um, the characters all are all like distinct, and yeah. they have their own like personality. The portraits are pretty cool. Uh, there's lots of the variety to the world itself. Uh, no place feels like, oh, I've been here before. Um, like you said, all the creatures look pretty cool. The bosses especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially like the stuff that looks like it's otherworldly looks pretty awesome. Um, uh, the only like the only negative I can say about the visuals is like sometimes the stuff in the background blends together and it's hard to see like where you're supposed to go, uh, but other than that, or like, uh, it's it's gonna get a four and a half for me because yeah. I think it's pretty fucking good. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that'll move us on to music and voice acting. Uh, as I said before, the composer is Eddie Mario Nucro, uh, with additional help from other people, who I'm sorry, but I'm not going to look that up. You can look it up yourself. <laughs> not that big. Uh, yeah, there's no voice acting, so I guess we're not going to talk about that. There is, but, uh, there are some unique tracks, and like the one that really stood out to me was like the uh, the Goblin Village. Like it was so weird to me. Like it, set, it sounded really, really bad, and then it kind of became catchy after like a minute, which is weird. It's like go- it's like Goblin noise. Yeah, it's like a little. Goblin. It's like they have like random like grunts and shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I laughed so hard the first time I like actually listened to it. Yeah, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> I almost picked that as one of my songs, but I was like, uh, people might not, I mean, it might be a little annoying. I, mean, I might put it at the end of the of the episode just as my closing one. Okay. Because uh, it's so weird. But yeah, there's some, definitely some unique tracks, and the music sounds good for the most part, and uh, Victor's little trumpets he plays and everything are pretty cool when you're using his skills. I like that. Because um, I use it every... every uh, Every battle, like, the first thing he did was play his little trumpet, so definitely, like, got used to uh, hearing it all the time. Um, so I think the music's really, really good. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. Well, I agree with you 100%. That's a four and a half. It's not perfect. I don't know that anything modern for me will get a perfect musical score anymore, because it's... I guess a heavy bias towards the really old school stuff where they had not much to work with, like technology wise. And it's all so they had to make like really yeah. catchy shit. Yeah. And I haven't really listened to anything. Like I've said every time uh, in a game recently where I'm, I've been like, wow, I'm going to get the soundtrack for this and listen to it. Uh, there are some songs on here that I think are like worth listening to after the fact, <laughs> like, uh, just you know, just to listen to whenever. Um, but that's not like a, a negative because to me, almost every track in this game did a fantastic job setting up the ambiance of the location you were in. Mm. Um, like the the one that strikes me the most is when you go to Tormund and it's a rainy, dour city, and this the, the soundtrack for that place just fits it so perfectly. Um, like you said, the Goblin City is fucking great too. It's like you're in a goddamn Goblin City, so uh, <laughs> it's fucking pretty cool. The sound design, uh, I feel like the menus and stuff is on point. Uh, like instead of having the same tone for each like uh, menu item you select, it kind of like alternates, so it it changes that a little bit too. Um, so that's pretty cool. I haven't heard anything like that. Normally, it's like the same beep 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 beep, but in this is like a higher pitch and lower pitch. I'm not going to pretend to do it. Uh, I don't know what could have elevated the soundtrack more. I think uh, Eddie did a fantastic job. And uh, for his only video game, I think he scored. He did He did wonderful. Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so that's also a 4.5 for me if I haven't said that yet. All right. Anything else you want to add? Are you, are you good? 
I don't think so. I think we're good to go. So you can do the uh, the song you picked. So my pick is the Dancing City of Farnsport, just because it has like some little unique things in it that like, and it definitely fits the town. Uh, because after it turns into just Farnsport, after the sh- like, they just kill everyone in the town and hang their freaking everyone's hanging from like the walls. It's like really sad. So maybe miss like the upbeat song for it. Um. And when I went back and listened to it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, like, t- I don't know, just, it felt good. Uh, I was going to pick the Goblin one, but I like this one better. Um, so, yeah, this is the Dancing City of Farnsport. has got to agree that the music for this game fits the ambiance of the place so well. Like, this song sounds like a dancing song, and it's fitting for the dancing city of Farnsport. So, yeah, like I said, did a great job. Great job. But now we're <clears throat> now we're on to overall experience. As Brent would say, it's expectations versus reality. So, uh... I guess I'll let you go first, Kevin. How to, how's your overall experience with this game? Uh, I went into this uh, kind of like kind of neutral. Like I wasn't like too hyped, but I saw that there's some people that like, really liked it. 
but it was also an indie game, so I know like how some people overhype indie games. So I kind of was like, I'm just gonna not look into anything, not be get any like pre biases. Uh, I didn't look at any reviews or anything before I played it. Like, I, I guess I look at the, some of the scores. I'm like, okay, there's some high scores, um, but it doesn't mean anything either because it's still pretty new, so there wasn't a lot out. Um, and yeah, I was like, at first I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is jumping all over the place. I'm confused. But once it kind of got its focus, uh, and you get your characters and your main cast is together, uh, it definitely started taking off for me and then it definitely stuck the landing for the most part. Like the, besides like that very, very last part where Killian and Glenn switch places. Like, if that didn't happen, I think it would have been a little bit better for me. But that didn't really change it, the score that I'm going to give it anyways. Um, I think it's a four and a half for me overall. I really enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it's a modern classic to me. Like, uh, and I, I can't remember if we are talking about this pre-show or not, but you're like, it's like sequeled in one before they got to sequeled in two, where they had mm-hmm. uh, just some minor changes and tweak, tweaks. And it could be like a top tier game, but I think to me it's just a notch below top tier. Like I would say, like Secret and Two and Chrono Trigger and you know Final Fantasy Six and Trails in the Sky. Like all those ones are above it. Like those are like top tier for me, and then just like right below it, the next tier down uh, is where this one will slot for me. What about you? I agree with you one hundred percent. Um, I think he said before, I think it was pre-show, where he could have benefited from having people around him, like a team, to be like, hey, uh, that's a good idea, but this is not. We should rework this. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit of uh, those games in the top tier is they have a team. They have uh, people having meetings all the time, I guess, presumably, who uh, are sharing the, I guess, the, the helm of the ship so to speak, and working together to make the best thing they can. Um, Sharpening it, like tightening it up, you know, like hey, it's a little little loose here, you don't know, like if you're doing everything, some things are going to fall through the cracks or it's not going to be as strong as if it was like someone else, like that's their main focus. Hey, you know, this little story beat could probably benefit from maybe this instead of this. It's not just group think of like one person's idea. Yeah. Also, uh, having a team would have, like, I guess, let him better balance what he, like, I guess, enjoys doing more, whether that be working on the story or working on the, the graphics or whatever. And those could have been, uh, like, he could have passed off work to somebody else and, like, I guess, had a more focus or gotten, like, a scenario writer or somebody uh, to be like, hey, I'm going to run you by, run run my idea by you. What do you think in your professional uh, experience, like about this or that or whatever? And it just could have been, uh, like I guess, like you said, sharpen more. Uh, but overall, uh, I will also give it a four point five. Like you said, it starts off really slow. I think the first, I, I played this for like I don't know, ten twelve hours over the course of like three days. I spent like three or four hours a day, and then. Uh, I wasn't like super excited about playing it because it was still act one. And then I got to the, I think the end of act one at the end of my last day and like things started coming together more. 
and I got to work and I was like, fuck, I wish I was at home playing Chain Echoes. So it's been a while since I thought about that, about a game I've been playing. So uh, to me, that means it's a good sign. Yep. Uh, it's a good game. And uh, I hope, I'm hopeful for a part two because I really would like to see what he could do. Uh, with, like, hopefully he'll have a team behind him or something because uh, this is definitely evidence that he can make a game. Yeah. Uh, and it has the capacity to make something truly phenomenal. But we'll see, I guess, what happens in the future. So that will move us on to replayability slash extra content slash trophies and achievements. Um, I read that there's going to be a new game plus patch coming out mm -hmm. uh, sometime in the future. I don't know what that will entail. Yeah, because there's a uh, like at the end of the game, you can save it for like a, a completed save, basically. Yeah. So maybe he'll uh, add a, a prequel scenario to that, you know, or something that'd be great. Like the band, uh, your whatever your group is on the prequel, you get maybe a little bit more story to it or not. Who knows? Um, be down for like some story DLC or something. Yeah. I don't know that that would ever happen, but. Yeah, that'd be like it. Uh, three years from now, he's doing it all himself. Yeah. And it's like, he's not, he needs to do something to make money so he can like make a better game at this point. I don't, I really don't want him to waste more time if he can get something where he can expand on what he's done already, like the sequel game. That's, that's fair. So, that's uh, what I hope. I mean, as far as this category goes, I don't know that it's very replayable. It's, um,. I, guess, I mean, I guess you could play using different party compositions if you wanted to. Yeah. I don't really I know. There is some, like, post-game, but not really post-game content, because I think you can do most of it at the end of the game. Um, and that's just, like, a extra dungeon where you fight some super bosses and stuff. Uh, and as far as trophies and achievements go, most of them are pretty standard like you got most of them from just playing the game yeah there wasn't any like trophy rage in this one it wasn't like god this is such a waste of time or this is taking forever most of them went with the flow of the game which is perfect like it's perfect kind of trophy where yeah you have to do a little bit extra like you've got to do the side quests and stuff like that and as long as they're engaging which most of them were like they added to the story or like the side character stories you know so it kept the flow of the game good you know fine and a lot like they gated off some of them where you can't do them all at once. Where you're like just doing side quests for like 12 hours. Like it's like chapter one or whatever. Chapter one, you can only do these side quests. And then chapter two, these side quests come up. And at the end of the game, chapter three, you know, these ones. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't really like a trophy that was like infuriating to me. No. Most. Pretty much the entire list is if you're going to do everything the game has to offer, you're going to get all the trophies. And that's something that I can be behind 100%. Uh, I guess if you're, if you're playing a JRPG and you are a completionist about it, then you'll end up doing all this stuff anyway. You'll fight the super bosses, you'll try to get all the class emblems, you'll try to learn all the skills for all your characters, uh, you'll get all the ultimate weapons. So it's not like it's not something stupid like oh, fight ten thousand battles. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're you master every skill with every character and shit like that. So. Well, you do have to get all the skills, and 
There are... Yeah, but you don't have the master. Oh, yeah. And there's 200 battles, which isn't like you're going to get that through the course of the game, anyways. Yeah. So most of the stuff, it's, it's not like, you know, over. The only one I found like grindy was like run away 42 times because oh, I, yeah. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just do that real quick. But I probably would like now that I think about it. I did that in the chapter first chapter to myself, and I was like, you know what? I probably would have done this anyways, just because like sometimes you get in a battle, and you're like, oh shit, I need to change up my you know lineup or whatever, or like oh there's something we didn't talk about is like when there's like a story beat and like your party breaks up and gets back together, mm. like, you have to rearrange them all. That was yeah, a- that shit was infuriating. I'm like, no, I had my fuck, like, and I'm like, wait, who did I have behind Glenn? Fuck. Because <laughs> you didn't, like, use him and stuff every once in a while. So. Yeah. That, that shit sucks, because it happens five or six times, because you'll switch characters for, like, two minutes, and then swap back, and your whole party's back together, and your whole formation's fucked. Yeah. It takes you longer to reconfigure your party than did to play that little fucking side area thing, and it's like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, only other thing I would note I would note on the trophies is that the pictures for the trophies they kind of me- somehow messed up and it's just like all it is is the game art, so they kind of dropped the ball on that. But that's not like a huge deal. Yeah, the, for the achievements I guess on Steam and maybe Xbox are actually like cool pictures that relate to the the, the achievement. So somebody fucked up Sony, but whatever. It's not the end of the, not the end of the, End of the world. But uh, I don't know how you, we grade it with trophies. I guess we're just talking about it here. But to, for replayability and extra content, I mean, like it's a two. Uh, yeah. Like trophy wise, I would say like, I mean, it's just I don't know how you grade trophies. <laughs> uh, it's I mean, it's a standard list. Nothing hard. Nothing exciting. So I'd probably say it's like a two and a half for that. But uh yeah tied together with replayability extra content i think the whole section i would give it like a two two and a half yeah like you it's not it's not like like getting the trophies sometimes i want trophies that are like challenging but then sometimes like depending on the game i want trophies that aren't challenging so uh like this is just like it's a just right kind of fit for the trophies and uh i don't know what you could do to make it more replayable because uh, as it's a JRPG, this focus is on the narrative. Uh, the combat itself kind of gets old eventually. It takes longer than normal, uh, but it does get old. So I can't imagine playing it like back to back. Yeah, and uh, the uh, at least the bat like the most of the dungeons aren't like super long. Like even the last dungeons, the longest I would say, but even that is not like terribly overwhelming. Like. You can do it all in one sitting, you know? Yeah. You're not like, oh, I have to, I'm going to have to save here because I'm getting tired and re- finish this dungeon tomorrow. Like, it's not, none of that really happens. Yeah. I think my biggest issue, I guess, would be in terms of, like, pacing is that the overworld, like, well, not the overworld, but, like, the areas that you're in on the world map, like, you know, like, the, the fields and the forest or whatever, it feels so huge, yeah. even though... Uh, like once you've been through them once and you like you kind of know the area, it's not that like it's not that big, but it just feels like it's so big and it feels like there's so much time in between story beats. Uh, but that's probably my own fault for exploring too much. Yeah. So it's like 
I can't I can't choose between blaming myself or blaming the game for that, but uh, uh yeah. That's I guess that's it for this section and we'll go to the last musical break. Uh which is my pick. It is the rainy city of Tormund. And it's like I said before, sounds pretty dour, melancholy, uh and it fits the the area fantastically. If you made it this long, uh, you're a saint. Can't believe you did it. Four hours. <laughs> yeah, you probably skipped over some of that story because <laughs> it's. Unless don't blame you. Me. I'm a, can I, I can only imagine if you never played this and you're trying to listen to like I don't understand what they're talking about. And I mean that's kind of how it felt when you're actually playing it too. So it's there's some parts you just kind of like okay I guess that doesn't matter and just delete it from your brain. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like uh, it's each act is important to the act, but like the entire arc of the game, only Act Three is important. And the end of like Act Two, like towards yeah. the end of Act Two. So, but you know, it is what it is. 
maybe his next one will have a more concise I don't know, compelling concise story but we'll find out maybe hopefully but uh we've already mentioned it but switch in five you want to tell us why you picked it or uh yeah i mean i love suikoden uh but i did i wanted to pick it before we got to iden chronicles 100 heroes whatever it's called uh just to kind of compare and right now like i just started like we were saying like it's, it's a drag in the beginning and from what i remember like i said it's like what 2006 so uh 17 years ago or something like that right yeah uh that i played this and i can't believe it's been that long it doesn't seem like it but it is uh yeah it's 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 rough in the beginning i didn't i don't remember it being rough in the beginning so i must tell me like that must mean it gets really good at the end but uh yeah it's I'm like only six hours in though. It's not terrible. It's just like uh, nothing's happening. It's it's a it's one of the things though. It's because I think the prince feels like a background character. Yes, it's the like the silent protagonist, and this does not do it any service. Mm-mm. And like the other characters you have around you are like you're still like learning them, and they're in and out. And the ones you do have in the beginning aren't the best characters as you get in the end. Like, because George is, like, in and out in the beginning, you know? He's not always with you. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, some of the other characters that you get have a lot of personality. Like, there's the woman, the womanizer guy, Knight. Uh, like, Miakis, who's the princess uh, guard, who's, like, super... Yeah. Uh, like, hyped up and stuff. And, like, it's, everybody's got, like, a personality, and then you have the main character. And it's like, okay. <laughs> they literally do jack shit. Cool. Besides, like, the choices you make, like, the little bubbles that pop up, which they do have a lot more than I remember, so I guess you get a little personality out of that, but it's not. It's a lot of nothing common. Like, you can either be an asshole to your family or nice, and it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, so I was trying to, like, the reason I wanted to pick it is because I wanted to contrast it to this next one, but... Just playing like the the Iden Chronicle, like pre whatever that other game was, like that has like a lot more when you first start it, like the story wise than this does. So that does give me some hope, I guess. For okay. For hundred heroes. Um. So. Well, well I have faith because like Swigden one and two both started pretty strong, not like Swigden five, and they're by the uh, the same guy who's doing Aiden, so yeah, he he's he has I guess hopefully he still has it, but he had his understanding of how to pace the beginning of the game to make it interesting. Yeah, you don't want to like throw yourself into the, the you have to work your way into your castle, but like <laughs> five, it's like you know I should have been in my castle by now. <laughs> yeah, you're halfway through the game, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Where's why am I still just kind of like passively reacting to what's going on can i just build my fucking army yet shit yeah yeah so um but uh i want to keep plugging it along and hopefully i know it's gonna be good because i played it before it's just i don't i don't remember when it happens <laughs> yeah 
so have you any thoughts on your uh, next game or, or any other thoughts on that? Uh, I just want to say, uh, I want to ask you, do you know if you're going to, like, which of the choosable characters you're going to pick? Because I know you can get uh, some mage or you can get uh, your umbarrows. And uh, I never knew that before. I never, I always think I always just got the mage girl. But apparently, uh, your umbarrows adds a lot to the story. Because he's uh, like one of the bad guys, I guess. Really? Yeah, so apparently, like, there's an optional dungeon you can do with a character, like a mage character that compare, like, it's related to Jean somehow. I don't really remember too much. Uh, but she's like a really good mage, but not as good as, like, uh, Jean or that one girl that's in black. I can't remember her name. Uh, like, Zerase or something. Uh, but she's still a pretty good mage, and you can get an optional, like, formation thing out of her in doing the dungeon. Right. Or. Uh, you can get your own barrows, and he adds a bunch to like the story uh, near, near the end of the game or something. So I was like, huh, I never knew that. So I, just, I didn't know if you knew if you had an idea you were going to pick or not. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I don't, like I said, I don't re- really remember much of the game. I remember George like walking off into the sunset at the end. <laughs> yeah. Or you can, and I know there's like three endings. I didn't know that. So there's a lot that I didn't know the first time I played because I just, didn't I don't even think like I really used a guide or anything. I think I just played it. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like I want to make sure I do it, like get all the points. Like you posted that thing about the liking points. So. Yeah, I didn't know about that before this time myself. So I was like, "What the fuck? So Let me share this." Try to use all the get all the good get all the points I can. I mean, that's how you get that barrels guy. It's because you get, you get like liking points through the game. Um. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm definitely excited to see where this goes. But yeah, yeah, hopefully gonna start today. Um, uh, that's for the next game. Uh, I haven't decided yet, so I have a couple weeks. <laughs> I figure you're gonna take Wild Armors Two now that that's out. But what? uh, I mean, it might be a good pick. I'm not a hundred percent sure though. That's because I kind of I kind of want to play another romancing saga game, but oh, okay. I can't wait for uh, the what's not the second one, uh, the Saga Frontier Two. Oh, Saga Frontier Two, like that. That's the one I'm kind of interested in because I remember playing it as a kid and not really understanding what's going on. So I definitely want to play it now as an adult. Yeah, and like understand the story because I remember like you you're this knight guy and like you go from like being young to old. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like you. Didn't... Well, like, yeah, there's the knight, but then there's also like that explorer dude, Will or whatever. Yeah, you play as him too, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> What's going on? But that's not out yet, right? That's not. No, I think they, like they mentioned it like two years ago or something, uh, but then I haven't heard anything since. So yeah, they'll probably like sneak drop it one of these days. Uh, hopefully, stealth drop it maybe. Oh well, if uh, if anything else, it'll, it'll be Wild Arms two or like Final Fantasy ten or something. So I'm yeah. still figuring, trying to figure that shit out. But I don't think I've played Wild Arms two. Okay. Or I did. Like I just probably played it for like one rental, and I I never got into Wild Arms. So maybe it's one of those game, one of those games I just need to power through because as a kid I probably just got bored real quick, or I got to either I got to a point where like I didn't want to keep like. There's other games, and I just kind of 
never went back to it. Okay. So, I know you love them, right? All of them? Oh, yeah. Well, not three or four. Oh. Well, I don't like three. Four is, a, four is pretty good. So, uh, I didn't get too far in five because, like, I had a bunch of shit. A bunch of games that came out at the same time, and I was, I think, moving on to like Xbox and shit, like Xbox 360. So, uh, I was like playing Gears of War and shit with people. I didn't have time to play RPGs, but uh, I would say, in my opinion, Water Arms 2 is maybe the best one. Okay. Um, and then maybe Water Arms 1, and then 4, and then 5, then 3. Um, and that's just because there's. Uh, it's it's one of the, it's a Suikoden two Suikoden one type thing where they took a lot of stuff from one, and they just made it all better in two. Gotcha. Uh, there's a bigger like a bigger cast, uh, like there's like a bit like, like a skills you can learn on your all your characters, uh, different items and like summons and all that stuff. Everything got expanded. The world got expanded. The world the story is more like gritty and dark. Uh, so it's just a pretty good game, but. I guess we'll maybe we'll find out in a month or two. All right, sounds good. Okay, well, uh, let's finish this shit up. We have a Discord. You're more than welcome to come in, discuss uh, video games or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Uh, just don't talk about like uh, Discord inappropriate things, or you'll get banned, like somebody recently did. <laughs> and. Uh, Click the link at the end of the or in the show description for that. You can email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let me check that while I'm thinking of it. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. I don't know that we really post things there very much, but uh, post, that's the thing. Only thing I ever post is when I have a new episode drop, I just post it on there. So that's about it. Uh, yeah, nothing new here in the email. Uh, fuck that shit. Uh, anyway, uh, we also have an Amazon affiliate link. I don't think anybody uses that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> if you remember, use it. If not, whatever, no big deal. Uh, you can also check out Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Uh, James is a pretty cool guy. Uh, <laughs> Blaine's whatever. Uh, you can also listen to him and Kevin on Video Games the Movie. Uh, What's the most recent thing you guys have done with that? Uh, what was it? I think. Is it still the Dragon Quest thing or whatever? Yeah, Dragon Quest. Because we're going to do the Witcher one next, but uh, I guess we're going to be taking a break for a minute. Uh, okay. I don't know if James is going to talk about it on the next Is It Worth It? But uh, I'll let them kind of explain because I don't know if it's my place to say so. I'll just leave it at that, and I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> cool means you don't know already, but alrighty. Well, uh, I guess that wraps it up. As always, thanks for listening, and until next time, bye everybody. Bye everyone.